Chevy Equinox with forward collision alert, automatic emergency braking, and available all-wheel drive. It's my ultimate mobile device. Go to ChevyDriveChicago.com to schedule a test drive. Chevy Equinox. It's your choice. Own it. WGN. Hi there. It's Amy Guth and Jen Bosworth. Hello. Hanging out with you. We're in for Patty tonight. We're hanging out with you till 2 o'clock tonight, tomorrow, Wednesday, and And Thursday. Thursday. Super exciting stuff right there. Very exciting. I have not been on the radio at this hour in quite a long time, but this used to be my jam. This was my Saturday night time slot, and so I remembered my old routine of like, okay, go to... Yeah, what's your routine? Well... At the time, okay, it was you know there's really delicious free coffee here, so you got to get that yes before before the hour, because you got to it will spike yes. your brain a little bit, and you got to come down from the coffee here. So yes, you can't have it right before you go, and you got to have it and then chill. Yeah, 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 yeah. I agree. I agree. The the coffee stuff. I I, I was just in rehearsal, and so I was running from rehearsal for this play I'm in to this, and I just had to have coffee. But what I do is mix it with a little of the sweet stuff. So then I get the coffee and the sugar. <laughs> okay, yeah, because we got like a fancy coffee thing here. Oh. You can hit a button that's like vanilla it's, it, there's something one, and there's like one, a mime comes out and yeah. it's all super Euro. Yes. All of a sudden a little barista appears. Yeah. No, but there is like vanilla and then there's like vanilla light and then there's like, you know. It's a lot. Mocha. There's all kinds of stuff. I'm of the, um, of the like the fancy coffee to me is like Maybe an Americano. Uh, what is an Americano, actually? It's espresso and hot water. Okay, that, that is not fancy. No. That's what you're saying. I'm like it's not fancy black coffee. And not mm. too long ago, so um, up until like a month ago, I was in Providence, Rhode Island pretty regularly for, for a gig I was, I was doing, and it is the land of Dunkin' Donuts. Oh, really? Which is the best coffee, in my opinion. I love Dunkin' Donuts. Love, so good. Love it. But if you go up there like to me if I say just a regular coffee I'm getting a black coffee but there if you say that it's different at every Dunkin but if you say um, coffee regular they're like how many you're like just one and then they hand you something with a lot of cream and a lot of sugar and you're like no 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 I want a black coffee but you said regular oh so up there regular is sweet and but it kind of changes by where you are because then I was like down in Warwick Rhode Island 10 minutes downstate and it was a whole different thing. Isn't that amazing? So it's a, yeah. How things change just from, you know. I mean, I, I love Dunkin' Donuts. And Dunkin' Donuts now has almond milk. Who knew? Good job, Dunkin' Donuts. Good job. And it's, and it's someone told me about it. And I was like, nah. And then I went through. I'm a big um, drive through kind of a gal. I don't. I don't um, have a car. So that's awkward for me when I yeah. go through a drive through In fact, I think that's illegal. But, you know, they have signs. I mean, there's an Uber and a Lyft. There you go. You could <laughs> just get one to go through the drive through Can you drive me to McDonald's <laughs> or whatever? Yeah, that'd be fun. Um, but anyway, so I do a, a drive through situation a lot. And um, I said, you know, I was like, kind of scared to say with almond milk because you yeah. know i felt kind of weird at dunkin they were sure oh that's delicious nice. good so you job get a mocha donuts. almond milk mocha at dunkin donuts and i think you can do coconut milk at argo now what this is fantastic so the argo here at tribune tower i've got a situation worked out with them because okay. there's a lot of off-menu ordering and if you go in there and you look like like a, you're kind of struggling a little bit <laughs> Like, you look like you've seen better days. Yeah, they'll go, okay. oh, do you need a little extra hit of caffeine? Yeah, I do. 
maybe also some concealer, but yeah, I do. <laughs> and um, there's a couple things you can do. When you order the iced tea, tell them, because it comes out like a concentrate. Okay. So just go like, I need the iced tea, but don't cut it so much. Oh. And then there's like super boost in there and it's really strong. Or you can say. Because that's black tea. Yep. Yes. And there's yeah. a black tea concentrate. So they Ooh. like brew it in super turbo power. That is and then cut it and then have a big jug right. of it and then they pour half of that and then top the rest with water. But you're like, hook me up with three quarters of the tea and a little bit of water and ice. We're good. Wow. Or you can do the dirty chai. I love a dirty which chai. Is good. That because you know the black tea is um sustaining, so it doesn't give you the cliff drop off. That's what the <laughs> that's what the barista told me. That the tea kind of serves as an underlying through line. <laughs> And the coffee is more of a high note that then sure. drops off. Huh. So basically, it's if, a you gradual. Really wanna, if you really want to be caffeinated for a long time, something, mix your tea and your coffee or your espresso. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there we Have go. Have had the bulletproof coffee? I don't know what that is, but it's, it sounds like I might need to try it. It's, it's a life. It's a lifestyle. It's a whole thing. The bulletproof people. But what? essentially, you put um, very um, high fat butter into your coffee and then you hit it with like a hand mixer and it gets frothy but in a very delicious buttery way and I thought it would be very disgusting but I had one and it was very good and I had a very productive day that day yeah oh I'm gonna try so where do you is there around um there's a place not far from here called Beatrix that has a very good one okay good to know but I made the mistake of ordering food and the coffee together nope like that's that's a meal the coffee is the meal oh yeah Oh, I'm excited. Yeah, but it's a thing because it's like the, I think it's out of Silicon Valley, which we're going to talk yes. about in here in a little bit because I got some things to say about Silicon yeah. Valley. But it's like of the kind of, and I, I don't love this, but like the brain hacking group yes. of making people turbo human. Yeah. But like, let's be real. I there mean, are some, some hard days. Sometimes you need it. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes you, you need, need it. To like, hack your brain a little. Yeah. And one of, today is actually one of those days. So I had um, age makeup on for this play, except nobody knew I had age makeup on. Oh, God. Okay. We're going to take a break, and then when we come back, I want to hear more about that, and I want to hear about this play. But first, the makeup. <laughs> back in just a bit. Amy Youth, Jen Bosworth, in for Patty Vasquez. Back in just a bit on 720 WGN. Seven twenty WGN. Hey there, it's Amy Guth and Jen Bosworth. We're in for Patty Vasquez all week until Friday. You yep. got John Hansen and Esmeralda Leon on Friday, yep. which is real fun. Yes, yeah, super guys are good fun. duo. Uh, but you got us leading up to them. Good times. Good times. Okay, so right before the break, Jen, you said um, two things I would like to discuss. Okay. One, that you're in a play. Yep. And I want to hear about it. Okay. And B, that you were in age makeup and nobody knew it. Yeah. So so I'm in a play called Fight City at Factory Theater. I'm, I'm with Howard. you so far. Okay. So this all makes sense. And it's a really cool play. They about, do good stuff. Oh. I love the Factory this Theater. This is a almost all female stage combat show. Yes. I do not do stage combat. Uh-uh. But but I am the boss of the all-female police force, elite. Police. Yeah, you are. Okay. So I thought, well, I'll put a, and it's a great show. It opens on the 21st. I'll have more information about it as the week goes on. But um, 
so I put on age makeup because I thought, okay, well, this is sort of she's a she's a, I'm a hardened detective, uh, a lieutenant, and I'm weathered. And so I said, well, I'm going to do a little stage makeup. <laughs> so I I go that I put on what I think is a lot. Okay, and um. I go to my my fellow castmate and I say, "Oh, how do I, how do I look?" And they said, "Oh, you look great. You look great. You look really good." And I said, "Oh, do do I look weathered and old?" And she said, "No, you look like you normally do." Oh man! And I had put on a tremendous what I thought was a tremendous amount of bat under eye, oh. like brown bat, you know, bags, purplish, and then I, on the frown lines, and no one noticed. No one noticed. And I, uh, it just really, and a lot of my castmates are younger than I am. So it 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 didn't it wasn't great for my ego, but it was sure. also like you know what can I do? Yeah, what can I? Nothing. You know what? Nothing. Nothing. Just live my life. No, just live my life. So it's a great it's a great show. And also that person that said that might have kind of backed into you know what I mean. She might have when you're like how do I look? She might have been thinking like not so good, but I right. better say great. Right. I think I set her up poorly yeah. for that kind of interaction. I should have said, I put on age makeup. Right. Do I look Do older? I look old enough? <laughs> That's what I should have said. I did not. I think you have to like think ahead about what kind of uh, feedback you want in yeah, certain situations. You do. In in all things. I think in all things. Don't don't ask a question you don't want the answer to. It is very true. Because if you're like, hey, do these pants make me look fat? It, it's not a good... Be prepared for yeah. someone to be like, yeah. Just say, you know what? I don't care how I look. I'm going <laughs> to go... I'm not going to even ask. Ar- I'm just going to yeah. wear these pants. I'm going to wear these pants and go to Argo and get some, you know... Caffeine. Tea. Yes. Yes. Um. So other thing I would like to talk about is the mood. I was driving in. And it's beautiful. Amy Guth, it's beautiful and mysterious and it's orange tonight. I don't know if you... Oh, I haven't seen the orange. orange. Last night it was beautiful and had kind of cool um, clouds around it, very Halloween-y. And so the other night on the Saturday Night Special, I had um, the master educator from the astronomy department at the Adler. She was on talking about the big eclipse that's coming. Okay. That's later in the month. I thought that if you are not downstate, you're not going to see a thing. So wrong. In fact, we're going to get 87% eclipse action here. So it's going to look like nighttime. Wow. It's very exciting. She had what, a lot of information. What is this? Why don't I, you know. August I 21st. And there's going to be a big old party that the Adler is throwing. Can we go? I think anyone can go. I think they want everybody to go. Oh, we should definitely we go. We should definitely go and report from there. Yeah. And they're giving out like those sunglasses. Yes. Yeah, so sun protection. So you can look up at it without burning your eyeballs out. I mean, is that really true? Do you burn your eyeballs okay, out? Okay. So I asked her about this. Because yeah. I was like, yo, I have some conflicting information that I received in as a child and it was that if you if you look at an eclipse you're going to burn your eyes no right. if you look at the sun you're going to burn your eyes but okay. nonetheless you're you're able to look at it a little longer before you kind of flinch okay when you're looking at an eclipse so it's not either way you're going to burn your eyes you're just going to do it faster, faster. yeah because you're going to sit there and look at the eclipse whereas if you just look up at the sun your eyes are going to like blink and water right. and you'll look away that is very interesting. Yes. So we were talking about this and we were talking about kind of like um, things before they were predictable, how people mm-hmm. would flip out about, I mean, imagine you're a shepherd. It right. is the biblical era. I'm shepherding. You're doing the thing. You have sheep, whatever. Suddenly. It's dark. It's for three minutes. I would think the world was ending. Exactly. And so even as late as like the late 1800s, she said there was um, there was a full eclipse and it was very concentrated over some part of the panhandle of Texas. Okay. And this guy thought legitimately there is a hole in the sky and the world is coming to an end. I'm going to mercy kill my entire family. And he did it. He killed them all. 
This was like in the late 1800s. I mean, that's not that long ago. No, because he didn't realize. Fast forward only like 10 years, there was another one, and a female scientist was leading this this big charge of this and, and had all these other female scientists that were under her wing. Out yeah. doing this. And people came for miles to watch women doing science. Well, also, she <laughs> saved lives. Also that. I mean, because people were freaking out. And when people freak out, they do, you Craziness. know. Craziness. Things yeah. that aren't good. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So it was really interesting. I'm, I love space stuff. And I, I mean, I like a good space-based film. Yes. I like celestial stuff. But one thing we were talking about that I thought was very cool is here's this kind of last, like this frontier we know so little about. But yet here on the ground, we can still look up and just be so just swoon over the moon yeah. when it's beautiful. You're like, oh, isn't that lovely? Even though like Jeff Bezos and uh, Elon Musk went to conquer it. Yeah. And Mars and all that. But nonetheless, like we can still be very charmed by it. I, I, it is something that when I drive, you know, I lived in, I've lived in other cities. And when I, when I drive in, uh, when I drive south on Lakeshore Drive, when I'm coming into the city and the moon is on the left and there's the lake and then the skyline, it is magic. Yeah. It's the lovely. moon is magic. It's beautiful. And yeah, I know I need to know more science. I really need to educate myself. Well, the Adler is on it. Like I want to take classes there, right? I'm sure. I, I bet. And full of great knowledge, like all kind of wonderful information. It was good. It was fun. There's a podcast up. I'm going to listen. On the show page. It was fun. It was all about like summer activity stuff. That's not like, like everybody knows about Lollapalooza and Pitchfork yeah. and all that stuff. Those are cool. They're great. Yeah. But like. I had somebody in from the 606. I had somebody in from the Adler. I had a theater group that does theater in the woods. What? Yeah, called Theater Hikes. And so you're walking along and suddenly like Midsummer Night's Dream is happening around you. Oh my gosh. Isn't that cool? That's fantastic. They do it at the park districts and at uh, Morton Arboretum and all that. Wow. And the characters, you'll dig this theater type that you are. The characters are self-lit since there's not like a light. How? How? So they have things in their shoes and heads that light them. Because especially if you're playing like a wood nymph or something. Also, yeah, it's it's dangerous. Uh, well, that. if you don't, I can't imagine stumbling around in the dark. I don't think it's super dark. Oh. But like 7 o'clock. Yeah. I mean, it's just now dark and it's yeah, 1130. That's true. that's true. I'm a bit of a worry wart. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's super fun. So they're they're lit from, they, yeah. I'm going I'm to check that out. It's theater-hikes.org. Okay. And they were super cool and they, it was just fun to talk with them about, you know fun summer stuff. outdoorsy stuff that's yeah. not like let's go drink beer in the beer garden right right yeah as someone who's lived in many neighborhoods yes. containing beer gardens yes mm. a lincoln square situation is i've many I a, lived in lincoln square yeah they like they like a beer garden in lincoln square well as you recall um i used to live tweet my walk home from that's the tower right, the I used to gauntlet live, yeah the gooth gauntlet i used to live right here in river north and I would leave when I did this shift and I would leave at two o'clock when all the bars were closing and everyone was out of their minds and just ridiculous. Yeah. And I was just witnessing bizarre things. And I just started with as little judgment as I could muster. I was just sort of reporting from there. But, and Goof, <laughs> let's not forget the last time we were together, you were walking on the 4th of July and you were hit in the face I was by an inebriated woman. I was. And did it leave a bruise or no? It was a little red mark the next day, and See, it was sore. It was red <laughs> it when was I sore. came in. Yes. She fl- she flailed about, and she hit was you. taking a photograph and backing up to get everybody in the photo, and lost her balance and hit me with her head. Right, I mean, she head bunted you pretty much. 
in the, in the cheekbone and i got some like i got some che- cheekbones you bones. do you have you They're have there. yeah and she she nailed me in the face with the cheekbone or in she nailed me in the face with her skull and yeah. it was a little sore yeah it was that's you know that that can cause damage but i'm glad I mean, you had a little I red got a hard head yeah you got a hard head but still and then i had to after i left here i had to walk for quite a ways cuz the bus stops were overrun with people and i thought oh the crowd is thinning it's good no 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 they were all down at the bus stop so i walked blocks and blocks and blocks oh anyway but it's fine we're all here we're here tonight and it's good we are here tonight amy guth jen bosworth in for patty vasquez we're gonna take a little break get you to news all that good stuff back in just a bit on 720 wgn Seven twenty WGN. Hey there, it's Amy Guth and Jim Bosworth, and we are in for Patty Vasquez this week, except for Friday. Not Friday. Not Friday. Nope. But we're in up until Friday, and it'll be all good. And so we have so much to talk about. We have a very long list of things, but you know, one of the things, uh, as we were both scouring the internet of things yeah. to talk about, you found this crazy list of weird festivals, festivals. that okay, I so didn't know existed at all. I am very interested in when humans get very weird and bored or just weird (laughs) because what happens is people I think are like you know what we need a festival celebrating blank and there is one a lot of like everything for everything a lot of them take place in Illinois okay okay so you know there are your festivals which are like you know we talked about the beer gardens so you're talking about beyond the like west fest that just happened like um even beyond sort of uh renaissance fair and uh, this yeah renaissance fairs are quite something i like a large turkey leg but you know that's enough uh you know you only need that once in a while now here we've got amy goof some festivals my favorites duct tape festival what do you do with that okay so a duct tape festival happens every year on father's day weekend because the stereotypical thing is dads are like just get some duct tape to fix that so that's how this got started which i can relate to because my father was the king of what we call king of the rig-ups. So he would rig everything up with duct tape. But we all know gaff tape works way better than duct tape. Okay, but here's the thing. When you're in the Midwest, I think there becomes this thing of like duct tape. Just get it. It's silver. We had like 4,000 rolls hanging around. And I would be like, Dad, you know, my bike, you know, get the duct tape. So so this duct tape festival happens on Father's Day. My first car had duct tape all over it. That's fantastic. Because that's how the bumper was attached. <laughs> I thought it was a fashion thing, like a grunge kind of a situation. I mean, I I played it that way. Did but you? Did you? Um, was it just? Was it silver? I mean, the yeah. duct tape. I mean, it was it was. It was just whoa. a terrible car that was falling apart. <laughs> so it wasn't a fashion statement of no. any sort. No, but you I tried. I wonder if you could still get away with that now. But I try. I I sort of tried to make it look artistic, so it wasn't just strips and strips oh and strips gosh. of it holding the bumper on. But did this, it work? Yeah. Oh, yeah. See? Duct tape. It totally worked. I mean, this car also, the hood was Bondo. <laughs> and the really? Like, one of the doors was, like, metallic blue. The body of the car was white. It was a terrible car. Yeah, that sounds pretty horrific. But it got, you know, but it was did a it great get, car. Did it get you there, Mac? Repeatedly. For many years. There yes. you go. So this, okay, so listen. Um, there's a duct tape fashion show. So people are dressing people do me that, too. Yeah. Like even on, they do it sometimes like in the big fashion shows where they're trying to be quote, you know, whatever, cool. Well, some, there's a, um, 
I'm trying to think of the name of the place. There's a little boutique that has, um, here in Chicago, that has duct tape wallets and purses. I've seen that. They're kind of cute. This is like dresses. This is the kids and adults come together and make duct tape um, wearable clothing. All, um, and there's a <laughs> duct tape princess, you know, the queen of the duct tape parade. And um, every year there's a new theme and endless creative possibilities. Um, I love that the floats are completely oh, there's made. there's a parade. Okay. Oh, there's a parade. Oh, sure, sure. And the floats are completely made of duct tape. They must have wheels. I hope they sponsor it and give them the tape. I hope it's not like BYO tape. I bet it is. That's ridiculous. But the thing okay. is, they have a picture here, which you can't see because it's the radio. But in that picture, there's many different colors of duct tape. Oh, the washi tape. That's what that is. What? Yeah. There's, there's. So that's not really duct tape. Well, I think it's duct, duct brand. tape brand, but they have that in crafting areas. So it's washi tape where there's designs or glitter. Oh. And so some people. I think they're sort of doing that. Them. I mean, yeah. it's become more of a. So anyway, we got the duct tape festival. And uh, my. Okay. So, yeah. okay. If yeah. I'm going to go, here is X. I don't even know how much money it costs to make a festival. But here's money. What is the festival that you would make? Oh. <laughs> I stumped you. No, I'm excited. I would have something kind of like a true crime festival where oh, yes. you could um, act out maybe floats. Oh, a reenactor festival. Yes. <laughs> I, I said to my friend who's an actor, I said, listen, if I make it big, when I make it big, I'm still going to be a reenactment actor. That's going to be like how I <laughs> really give back to the community. Right. Is by Oscar being... <laughs> winning reenactor. Yeah. Jen, Jen Bosworth, Bosworth playing the distraught mother. Yeah. In the show where her daughter is threatened by a tornado. You know what I mean? I could do it. Here is my acting goal. Okay. I have two. Okay. Because I'm not an actor. Um, but two things I would very much like to do. Okay. One, I would like to be in a period drama because I want to wear some fancy clothes. I could see you. Stare off in the distance yeah. and say something like really, really mean about like sending somebody into battle. Yes. I could see it. And off with their heads kind of thing. Um, I'd like to see, I'd like, like to an age that. of innocence kind of a situation. Is that the movie where that's a little too oh. Baroque for me? Okay. You're... But I'm going to go middle ages. Oh or, yeah. So you're ta Okay. Gotcha. Okay. Middle ages is more your jam yeah. for that. Okay. Or skip or... forward to let's go Downton Abbey era, Ooh. but nothing in the middle. Nothing in the middle. No, no. Um, okay. so, so that, and then the other, um, well maybe there's a third cause space would be fun. It'd be fun to be like green. And well, I could more thing. see you as, well, I could see you green, but I could also see you as the hero of a... Like fighting, yeah. Because I do. I'm a fighter. I do Yeah, or a la uh, Sandra Bullock in that movie where she's lost in space. I didn't see that. Oh, it's pretty good. Okay. But anyway. So that. She made it. She but made it I her. think it would be, and this is kind of anti-me, but I think it'd be so fun just for the kitschiness. Okay. I would love to be in a B-horror movie mm. just because I want to run through the forest and scream because the killer's after me. Right. When I trip on a root and scream. They're always tripping on a root. Guys, have you not seen other horror movies? Yeah. Don't fall over the root. The point. That's when the killer gets you. I, well, first of all, don't go outside. Well, don't go outside. Don't go anywhere. Don't Just go in the barn. Call 911. Don't get in the house without looking in the back. Don't get in the car without looking in the back seat. Just call Just don't go anywhere. Just stay in one place. Call 911 and hope for the best. Like, you don't need to go anywhere. Especially when you're like, well, let's go find the others or, down the trail. No, I, no, no. I hear a strange murdered. noise down <laughs> in the go barn. Find it. No. Oh, yes. <laughs> Mike's got the music happening. 
This is the horror this movie is, jam. We'd be like this. I'd be walking through like the forest with some fog, being and like, I say, "Guys, and I say, where'd you guys go? Where I, are you?" I'd be the one in the house <laughs> being like, "Amy, don't go, don't go." The no, but we had to find them. Haven't you seen <laughs> horror films, Amy Kuth? We're gonna die. It's fine. It's fine. Let's just go find them. Come on. I'm gonna stay. <laughs> I'm gonna stay here and, and quiver like quiver like a coward. <laughs> then what's that music? That's amazing yeah, what's music. That oh. Some quality thunder. That's a <laughs> some quality. That's from uh, Nightmare on Elm, Elm Street. Okay, yeah. scariest movie there is. Yeah, you one. know that movie. Yeah, I I remember the, the good looking Johnny Depp is in that movie. Yeah, is that the first one? Kid. Yeah, yeah. He's he lifting weights at one point. He's in his bed. He gets sucked into the bed, and I remember thinking that guy's gonna be a star. <laughs> he was so beautiful, and look, he became a star. Now he's he a did. weird man, but he became a star. You know what? He's just being him. He's really taken this bohemian lifestyle to it. You he know? never recovered from being Sparrow. He, like once he, he became was, Sparrow. Yeah, yeah. And he, I think he's like aiming at Keith Richards. That's what he's. Well, that's doing. what I'm saying. There, there. He's like in training. Yeah, he's pretty close. Even I mean, yeah. lately he's pretty close. Like sure. He, you can't understand what he. No. Is saying he's getting a little mumbly. Yeah, he's a mumbler. <laughs> he's a but mumbler. You know. anyway, but yeah, that he was, was a good one. Movie. I, I like the Halloween yeah. franchise myself with yeah. the horror movies, but I really love just those ridiculous, campy. Like I love horror movies. Yeah, me too. I I like them. I I loved my favorite one is Cabin in the Woods. Oh, that's a good one. I I did not. Know. I love when I don't know what to expect, and I'm like, <laughs> like what is going on? Have you guys seen uh, the movie Get Out yet? No, not yet. Oh, I, not yet. I did see it. You did? I, I just did. saw it last night. It is. It is. Wow. Yeah. It is a a, um, a horror film that is touches on a lot of genres and is brilliant mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and scary and weird and not as scary as I thought. I was I was prepping for like some really scary stuff to happen. Like, well, it's like socially scary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I. Do keep you know hearing. what I mean? Like, it's like we are in trouble as a society. Scary. <laughs> Guys, I'm so behind on movie viewing. I still haven't seen Wonder Woman, and I'm I haven't either. Oh, man. And you Wonder are Man. Wonder Woman, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. yeah you so. had a lunchbox. I maybe own a costume. <laughs> I mean, maybe. Let's be real. Okay. Here. All right. Well, I wish you would wear it here. I am not above that. <laughs> I would love that. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't come up often to like, will, show up could, dressed as Wonder you Woman. You could dress as Wonder Woman. I will dress as uh, Bill Curtis from American Justice because I love that <laughs> show. <laughs> mm, no, maybe not. Maybe not. People wouldn't know. Just like my age makeup, they wouldn't know if You're I was. Like, what is she? Yeah. Why is she wearing the You're Bill just Curtis? Wearing a trench coat. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. All right. We right. are going to take a little break. Okay. Amy Guth and Jen Bosworth in for Patty Vasquez, and we shall be back in just a bit to keep this conversation rolling. And coming up very soon, we're going to talk to a filmmaker that made a really spectacularly cool film. All that and more when we come back on 720 WGN. 720 WGN. Hey there, it's Amy Guth and Jen Bosworth in for Patty Vasquez tonight with you till 2 o'clock. Thanks for being with us tonight. Hello, everybody. Talking about all the things, doing the things. Uh, Coming up at midnight, we're going to have a filmmaker in with us. We're going to be talking about some of her new work, and it is so beautiful. I watched the trailer. It is cool. It's really cool. I feel excited that she is coming, and she is lovely, and her name is Marie, and she's also bringing Margot. So they'll be here. Who is in the film? She's not in the film. She is. So the film is about bike messengers and uh, Margot 
is a bike messenger. I think she still is, but she was for a long time if she's not. And they're coming to talk about uh, the film and also bike messenger culture. And I'm particularly interested in female bike messengers Mm -hmm. because I think that's very um, cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, that'd be so good. See, and I, I have a question for you. You yeah. are a um, very proficient in the kitchen. I am, to say the least. I am. I mean, that's yeah. kind of an understatement. Um, here's my it, people use cooking terms that I do not know what they mean, and I pretend I do. <laughs> okay. So, you know, al fresco. I think that's about dining, not cooking, though. Oh, see, see, I don't know anything. So that's about dining. Yeah, because it's not actually a cooking term. It is a dining term, but I, I think, did not know this. I think people use it in place of al dente. Ah. Because I've heard people like cook up pasta and go, oh, it's al fresco. No, that means in the open air. So, <laughs> so. That, that would be me. But it, I, would, I would be like, you know, my, my terminology is like Olive Garden. You know what I mean? So I, that's where I'm at. Okay. So, so al fresco means in the open air. Mm-hmm. So when people, what does that mean? You're eating on a balcony? It means you're outside. Oh. Dining al fresco. Uh-huh. So basically, you're on a patio. Why not just say we're eating on a patio? Because it's sexier to say it in Italian. It really is. I mean, it really is. Hey, we're eating on the patio versus like <laughs> dining al fresco. Like one is considerably sexier. Yeah, than one the other. is. Yes. <laughs> hey there, grab the salt and pepper. We're dining That's on how the patio. I am. No, I'm like, can we eat on the patio? Because I can we eat this macaroni on the patio? See. As opposed to pasta that we had al fresco. Yeah. Very different. Very different. This is this is true. This is the difference. I It bothers me how many people don't like to cook anymore. I almost think it's, for a while, it almost seemed like it was fashionable to say that you don't like cooking. It, it Yes. Or there was something, yes, it, it, it sort of implied that you're too busy, too fancy, mm-hmm. too something to cook. Yeah. Maybe too I can't wealthy. be bothered. Yeah, something. I think it does have something to do with wealth um, and class, maybe of like, oh, I just order Grubhub. I'm like, well, every every night. day, that's yeah. expensive because you can expensive. cook a lot for not as much. And it's also, uh, you know, S- Steve Cochran has do- this doctor on, and he mm-hmm. and the doctor was saying that he is um, very alarmed with the amount of sodium that's in food from restaurants. Oh and yeah, so. That trend of not cooking is has directly increased the number of high blood pressure cases. The people who have high blood pressure, a lot of times, he'll ask them, how often do you eat out? And they're like, five, six times a week. And he's like, you got to stop that. Do you know how much salt they put in food at restaurants? And people are not aware, you know, or they are and it just tastes good. I would say, or they are and they don't care. They don't care until they, you know, have a problem area. Sure. So, so that that term always. So, ah, that's right. Al fresco is different than al dente. What does al dente mean? I don't know exactly the translation, but oh. it does mean that it is done. Done. It is. It is like done to a. It has something to do with mouthfeel. Is about it like when firm? <laughs> I don't know either. I mean, I'm just. I what the thing that really. Um, it, it does sound sexy. Anything Italian. You know what I mean? Okay. Okay. Here it is. All right. It's it. The translation is to the tooth. So it does have something to do with mouthfeel. Excuse me. To the tooth? To the tooth. So if it's done, so it's firm to the bite. Okay. That makes sense to me. So it's like the pasta is not mushy. It's al dente. It's okay. Done. Firm to the bite. Firm to the bite. <laughs> I'm going to ask my husband. I'm going to make some, some pasta. And I'm going to say, hey, is it al dente? 
And he'll, I'll say, is it firm to the bite? Is that what it means? Mm-hmm. Firm to the bite. And he'll say, I don't know what you're talking about. Let's go to Olive Garden. He'll be like, it's fine. Just eat. Yeah, please just eat. <laughs> just, the, can we just eat? Let's not be fancy. Um, yeah, no, I think, in fact, I think it's, it's become a thing that I think a lot of people think is weird about me, how much I cook. People are like, oh, you cook that much? Oh, I'm too busy. I was like, well, I'm pretty busy too, but it's. I have to say, you're, you're a healthy person. There's that too. So that, but that, I mean, there's a direct correlation. Like, I think people don't get it that when you, well, for me, like when I see someone who is healthy, it's directly related to what they eat. Sure. You know, I think people think, oh, well, I just, I will, I work out 48 hours a day. Oh no, abs are made in the kitchen. Nah. See? For sure. I like this. Yeah. I never heard that before. Oh yeah. Abs are made in the kitchen. Absolutely. I feel like you can work out all day long. That's what, you know, I I recently started uh, taking these classes called Shred 415. Oh, I've heard of those. It's fantastic. It's, it's, I never ran, I never did anything. And, but she did, my teacher said like, if you eat terribly, this is for naught. Right. Basically. Yeah. And I was like, what? Because you, you know, there's people who are like, I, I, I run on the treadmill 48 hours per day. <laughs> and, and, you know, and I'm like, wow. But it, you know, yeah. if you eat McDonald's, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Right. And they never taught us this. I don't know if you were taught, you must've been taught this somewhere along the line mm-hmm. since you cook. Well, I grew up in a restaurant family, so I've always been around food and cooking. You learned early. Yeah. See, I didn't, my mom was like, here's a hostess cupcake. I mean, there's plenty of that in my <laughs> house too. Well, that's the thing. So my my dad working in the restaurant, I think there is this idea, oh, you guys must have eaten so fancy and fancily. But in fact, it becomes kind of a busman's holiday. If you've been cooking all day or serving or whatever, the last thing you want to do is go home and make something. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, just make some Rice Krispies and go to bed. <laughs> but at least you know how. <laughs> if you had to, though, you you would. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And the thing is, I remember getting, oh, goose. My lunches consisted of a bag of Carl budding beef slices. <laughs> the whole, oh, the those whole little bags. bag. Yeah. The little bag. Mm-hmm. It had like 20 slices, though. Yeah. I mean, come on. A Capri Sun, a Hostess cupcake, and a bag of Doritos. Word. No wonder I got problems. I mean, you know, this is, and I, my mom was working. It was the 80s. <laughs> Nobody, you know, I'm not going to, but it, you know. Also in the 80s, there was this, that awful trend that just like eat all the things, but just make sure it's the weird chemical version. The light version. The light version just means Smart hyperchemical. Version. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I had a, yes. I, oh, we've got, oh, we've got someone talking about an al dente uh, translation. Hi, Pete. You're on WGN. Hi there. Yeah, I heard what you were talking about it, and, uh, well, I waited until I was parked in the driveway before I called. Um, but the translation is actually firm to the tooth. Yes. Yes, it uh, is. Not firm to the bite. Oh, uh, that was me. Well, dente, dente, dente being, you know, it's the same root as dental. Right. Um, yeah, Guth had said it correctly. That was me, uh, wow. Pete, that didn't well, know anything. And well. yeah, I eat it. I eat at Olive Garden, so that's where I'm coming from. But you're right, you know. And how did you learn that translation? Well, a friend of mine who happened to be from Italy and oh, uh, there you go. L- let me in on the truth of the matter. Okay. <clears throat> the tooth of the matter. Oh. Oh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Terrible. Oh, Bosworth. That's, that's quite that's quite all right. I escaped from a punitentiary myself. Oh. <laughs> this is 
going. Oh my god. Oh, Pete, you you and I are real trouble in this world. I'm not good at puns, so I can't participate yeah. in this. You know, I'm just going to make up breaking news to stop this. <laughs> thank you, save us, Martyr. Martyr to the rescue. Pete, thank you so much for the call. Thank you, Thanks Pete. for listening. Thank you. Have a good one. Oh. oh, anytime you got to get the rim shot sound yeah. effect going. That's my Ooh. life is a rim shot sound effect. <laughs> good times, good times. Amy Guth, Jen Bosworth, in for Patty Vasquez. We're going to take a little break, get you the news and all that good stuff. And when we come back, we are talking with a really spectacular filmmaker about some of her new work. Back in just a bit on 720 WGN. Bicycle, bicycle. I want to ride my bicycle, bicycle. Esteemed producer Michael Heideman has nailed it with that nailed song. Nailed it. Little on the nose there. Good job. No, I like it on the nose. It's good. Yeah. I like it. It's good. Amy Guth, Jen Bosworth, in for Patty Vasquez, hanging out with you until 2 o'clock. All the things. All the things. All the things. So what? You were looking at me like I don't know, like I was spo- <laughs> expected to do a flip or something no, right there. No, no. I was just looking at you. I'm okay. just in awe of the goose. Oh, bless um, you. So we're here. We're filling in for Patty, and I am um, very in- enthralled is a word uh, by bike messengers. So that's just how I am. I'm a, a driver, so I'm very aware of them, and I. Um, I respect the bike messenger. I really do. The hustle and the uh, tenacity with which they run the city. So I decided, well, let me find out more about bike messengers and bike messenger culture. And through the Facebook, you know the Facebook, I found lovely people that are sitting here in our studio. So in our studio are uh, Mari Ulrich, who is a filmmaker, and we also have Margot Considine. Did I say it right? Mm-hmm. Yay! Yes. Thank you. Um, that's okay. yeah. It's okay. You're do- everyone's doing great. Um, and we're we're here. And you, Mari, have made some really brilliant films. You have a short and a feature, and um, they are uh, available only through you, right? One is just well, one is on iTunes right. or Amazon or. Um, faster, widely available, widely, widely available. available, widely available. They're widely available, but it's not something like we're not just going to give out how to watch this movie. We got to <laughs> do it through the right channels because I I want people to get their due. You know what I mean? So you made okay. So you are a filmmaker, yes. and and Margot, you are a bike messenger currently, and you own a service or it's a it's a collective. Is it a collective? Tell me. Yes. It's a it's worker owned. So I'm one of the owners, but I'm one of fifty plus owners. Okay. So it's a collective. So it's collectively owned. Excellent. Excellent. So Mari what Socialists. (laughs) (laughs) Basically. Basically. Um right on. Right on on. is what we say. Right on. Uh, Mari, why don't you tell me about how you got in, you know, introduced to the messenger world and how and why you wanted to make these films and tell us a little bit about them. Um, I grew up in Nashville, Tennessee, and I don't think we had any bike messengers, at least not that I was aware of. Um, and then I went to undergrad in, in Boston and there were bike messengers everywhere. And I was also enthralled by them. And I think of them as punk rock athletes, sort of. That's perfect way to put it. And, um, and I, like, I've never been a bike messenger, you know, but, um, I, I rode my bike everywhere in Boston. Um, I couldn't afford a car. And then I was taking the L everywhere 
or the tea as you call it um but i had a job that took me i had to walk a lot like a lot a lot and then take two buses and then if one of the buses was late which happened kind of regularly i would be like 20 minutes late for work and get chewed out and right. i was just like this is stupid so i ride it, started riding my bike every day it was like eight miles each way and then i just started loving it and riding everywhere and then um one time i my something froze up on my uh bike and i didn't know what it was but i stepped off to look at it and before i could even look at it a messenger swooped in and he like whipped out a tool and like fixed it for me and then he rode off and i was like but i didn't even get your name, get your name. <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> wow so you, okay so that was when was that you were in that was in the 90s okay yeah and so that was so, the beginning of your was, yeah my infatuation if you will and so from that point what took you from uh having the fascination with bike messengers to translating that into film um i don't know i just sort of always wanted to i liked the idea of the bike messenger as a character um especially from the woman's point of view Mm -hmm. and um and i think a lot of my experiences on a bike like i would channel a lot of you know you get like harassed or catcalled or or you know drivers can be scary or pedestrians can be stupid or whatever just like it seemed like a good vehicle to express all of that they are for me seeing bike messengers um they are like heroes of our city in a sense for me they they um uh do their own thing a lot of times and i when i see the amount we were talking a little bit off air about fear and fearlessness now i don't know what's really going on but i'm telling you from the outside bike messengers there is a sense of uh fearlessness that i get that you capture brilliantly and sort of um urban hero is what i would say or or mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. heroin whatever you or you know <laughs> um but yeah urban hero so you you decided to yeah. just start making movies in your you know as part of your thesis you decided yep. to pick yep. the theme of bike messenger yep as hero mm-hmm. wow yeah. and so tell us a little bit about the the first film you made um so the first film is called faster and that was my thesis film for columbia college chicago and um it's a short and and it it, we follow Jasper, the main character, through um, a day at her job, and she's kind of like mm, a little behind in everything, and trying to also go to school and behind like paying. She's her a little tuition. harried, yeah, <laughs> harried, if you will. Yeah, and um, she's just trying to get by, basically. And she, she in the film, she kind of does some shady stuff, and it catches up with her, but she's doing it to try to get by. Yeah, and I, I mean, I can relate. <laughs> <laughs> we all probably can i mean sometimes that happens feeling behind but but it's a beaut it's beautifully shot thank you yeah it's a beautiful film my cinematographer for that one was tony santiago um he's great oh you made a face like you know yeah tony. someone else used him in a dog film. Yeah, yeah um he works a, a lot yeah, yeah tony yeah. santiago and great he's, he's very um personable easy to work with and just great brings a lot to the table so um and in that film i had this idea that the road was sort of like hell and then the buildings that she was going to were heaven um even though it's kind of like fake hell and fake heaven it's all kind of in your head and what you make of it but 
that was like sort of like thematically the something I was working yeah. with. Yeah. Yeah. That the road is hell. <laughs> the buildings are street heaven. level. Yeah. Street level. Street and, level. And I, you know, I, I'm watching it, a filmmaker myself, I'm watching it thinking of all the technical details there. And as I'm, as I was watching, it, I'm thinking, okay, there's so many headaches involved of, of shooting someone on a bike. Yeah. I mean, that's its own special challenge mm. because you're, that that's beyond just, uh, you know. I didn't uh, even think of that because I'm not yeah. a filmmaker. Well, that immediately I'm going, oh, that's a headache <laughs> of a shot right there. So that there, I, I know there's always very creative solutions that we come up with and like the PVC pipe method of something that we build. <laughs> duct tape. Yeah, the duct tape way. I mean, it always comes out like that, but it comes out looking very polished. I mean, I, I one of my uh, favorite shots in my friend's film, I said, how did you get that? That's so beautiful and lovely. She was like, I kicked a skateboard with the camera on it. Nice. And it wow. worked perfectly because it was like quick and then slows down to a stop. It's this beautiful shot. And so sometimes those kind of cool happy accidents. So I have to ask about that. What about the, the happy accidents and the kind of uh, fly by the seat of your pants sort of, we're just going to try this and see if it works kind of things. Where are those in that film? Um, in Faster... Um Tony was mostly for the bike stuff in the car and I was driving. I had an old Saab. And so we just drove around and around and around and around the city mm -hmm. and then made Jenny ride her little butt off. And then I also had, um, Renee Kudal, who's a, also a bike messenger. He, he trained Jenny, um, for like half a day before we started shooting. So she went to work with him to sort of She's never been a bike messenger either. So she went out to work with him to see how it is. And he taught her some stuff. Oh, but she, she was not. I thought no. she was. Nope. She did really well. Yeah. <laughs> she was convincing. She yeah. was very convincing. I thought so too. And then, uh, and then during the shoot, actually Renee would run out and he would ride in front of us. So sort of like blocking traffic wow. out ahead of us and ahead of Jenny so that, um, everyone was safe. To divert. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I don't know if you block a tra blocking traffic as much as maybe clearing Clearing it, traffic, you know? yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, slicing through. And, slicing and through, yeah. And um, making, it, yeah. making a way, paving exactly. a way. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Well, we're going to take a break, but we'll be right back to talk more. And we're talking with Margot and Mari. And we're talking about bike messengers and films and uh, lovely things like that. And making way, paving way. This is Jen B. and Amy Guth, and we're filling in here for Patty Vasquez on WGN 720 AM. Another fine song from esteemed producer Michael Heidemann. You know, let us, speaking of you and music, talk a minute about Sound Sessions, your excellent, super fun, awesome show podcast that you do. It with is Kevin great. Richter. Yeah, sure. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you very much. I appreciate Your that. Your taste in music is right up my alley. <laughs> <laughs> it really I feel is. like that should be on a loop. Your <laughs> taste in music <laughs> is right up We're going to use that for the show really, to open. It's yeah. like al dente and <laughs> al fresco. <laughs> and all those things. <laughs> well, we anyway. try. We try to keep, anyway, keep go, things hip. Go to WGMRadio.com and look it up under WGM Plus or get the WGM Plus app and you can find it there. And it is a fine show. If you're into music, I highly recommend that show. Thank you so much. Okay. Yeah. You Come can find on. us anywhere. iTunes.com slash Sound Sessions with the great Kevin Richter yes. as well. It's a great show. I enjoy it very much. Thanks, Amy. All right. All right. Lots to do here on the show tonight. And we have filmmakers here. We and I'm do. super excited. And we've been talking about bike messengering. Yes, we've been talking about um, the thing that I really like about bike messengers from an outside point of view is the bravery, the athleticism, 
and the way that I assume, and I could be wrong, and we're going to talk to a bike messenger right now, Margo, that this they view the city. We were talking a little off air about, the, I would never think of, we were talking about a dock, like a loading dock. I would never think about a dock. And you said, you guys, it's a great dock. It is. Here at Tribune Tower. At Tribune Tower. We've got a good dock. <laughs> yes. So that's really good. But Margo, why don't you tell me a little bit about how you became a bike messenger? Sure. So, um... So I was working, it's like late 2007, I guess. I was working at a coffee shop in um, on the north side, and I was living with three or four dudes who were all bike messengers, and I was like, your, your job is a lot more fun than my job, and my commute is the best part of my day, like even in the snow and whatever. Um, so you were, you were biking around? Yeah, so I was already snow. riding a bike, okay. and I'd been commuting. I had a long commute. Um, so I was used to, I, I felt like I was pretty in shape and I knew how to ride a bike, which as soon as I started working, I realized I was wrong, basically. <laughs> like it was a lot harder than I thought. But um, but yeah, so my roommates were doing it and I you joined. Jumped, jumped on board. You jumped on board. And what year was this? Um, the end of 2007, beginning of 2008, that winter. Right. So. Well, in the winter you yeah. started. Wow. Yeah. See right there. I'm like, that sounds so good. I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I, yes. I could be a summertime bike messenger. Yeah. But like I'm that nerd that puts on a parka by September, so yeah. I like I couldn't I couldn't hang. I mean I don't like the cold either, but you but, do, yeah. you but you brave it. it. You're you willing to you brave probably it. dress appropriately. Yeah. <laughs> so um, what about bike messengering? That, what do you love about it? Um, I think it sounds really really cheesy, but I love the freedom of it. Like I'm not in stuck in a room, you know, all day. I I have, haven't had to have a job like that in so long that that seems really impossible to me like just being being out and no one is looking over your shoulder like if you're like I'm gonna go get coffee now you know you can make that happen well and, in your stuff like that your situation you are now part owner of a collective of a messenger service is mm -hmm. that okay so so are our messenger services owned by different how does it work in terms of there's companies I'm assuming that hire out but you're part of a different kind of a yes so most of the companies um the traditional paper delivery messenger companies that do filings and like architectural prints and the things you can't email still um, downtown, the way you think of as a messenger, those are mostly owned by big companies mm. um, that don't always, they don't all have great reputations for how they treat their workers. So our company kind of came out of wanting to be worker owned and wanting to be an alternative to that. Um, there is a there's one other worker owned company in Chicago and it's it's Four Star Courier who I also work for, but um, they what, do the downtown delivery the, stuff. Oh, okay. And yeah. what is your company called? I just want to Cut Cats Courier. Um, Cut Cats. Yeah, oh. and we work on the north side, like Lakeview area and downtown and Wicker Park, Logan Square. But we do food delivery. Oh, so. your food delivery. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And and um, I guess we were talking about fear. Is it scary? Um, I mean, I know that's kind of a, <laughs> I mean, I think, I think when you were using the word fearless, I was thinking like confident is more okay. the, the state you get to. I mean, there are things that are scary. You can be the best biker in the city and a car could still do something unpredictable. So it's, mm -hmm. so yeah, but, but kind of this like improvisation and, and quick reactions are once, once you feel confident, that's really the key. It's when you're not confident that you're going to mess up and. 
So the know. confidence. I mean, I guess that's like a lot of things. With anything, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you if you hesitate, it's going to be yeah. It's going to break bad for totally. you. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I mean, I think that the, hesi- the lack of hesitation is what what I see and admire when you see somebody. You know, everybody's sitting in traffic and someone just flies down between two trucks or something. You're like, oh, I don't know if I'd do that. <laughs> I don't know if I'd go there. Yeah. But the thing I'm always interested in is there's always kind of the main narrative of anything that people have from the outside looking in. And so I'm always very curious about what is that thing that people misunderstand so much about what you do? Hmm. Um, I think, I think what comes up against what I come up against the most is that most people think that bike messengers are, well, they are all dudes and they're mm-hmm. like students or they're on a break or they're finding themselves after a corporate <laughs> job or something. And, um, the idea that it's not some sort of, Almost that, like, that it's not scary anymore. I understand how it is, but also that, like, I'm not, I don't like doing it because I feel like I'm taking risks. Like, I don't feel like I'm taking risks. It seems pretty straightforward to me. And so it's not about being an like, adrenaline junkie. Yeah, exactly. Not like, I don't feel that adrenaline anymore. Right. I'm like, oh, this is just normal. So, it, yeah, it's your career. I mean, it's, yeah, it's what you do. Making a career of it instead of just, like, oh, I did this for fun one summer and it was really scary. Like, I think so. there's, yeah, there's, for me anyway there's this sort of I noticed this misconception that there's it's like a party mm-hmm. like everything's a party with and I'm sure people party <laughs> but so do people you know that work in you know wherever yeah whatever office so it's it's like I think there's a sort of um yeah like wild party and I'm, I'm sure there are people like that but th- this is a career for you and this is something that you do every day and you're part owner of a, of a company now mm-hmm. um I guess it, I want to ask, has it changed, obviously, because of the internet, but has it changed drastically? I mean, because hmm. you've been around for a long time. So you said the things that can still be delivered, you know, not by, you know, that can't be delivered via email. Yeah. Um, but has it shifted? Do you? S- I think, um, so I started working right before the recession in 2008. And I, from, from what I hear and from the little bit that I saw, um, that made a really big difference like that just the industry kind of like went down a lot after that um and then came back a little bit you know like everything else but but yeah I mean a lot of things can be emailed you can e-sign things but you still Mm -hmm. you still have to go to the courthouse to do a filing or to um register your LLC or or people send like tile samples and fabric samples and you can't I mean, you can't email those yet. So right. give it time. Give yeah. it time. Give it time. <laughs> give it now time. You just drone it across town. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's going to, I mean, I'm curious about that too, of kind of mm-hmm. what, what the future is here, which that Definitely. is what we're going to talk about on the other side of news. But right now we're going to take a break, get you to news, all that good stuff. Amy Guth and Jen Bosworth here in for Patty Vasquez on 720 WGN. Seven twenty WGN, Amy Guth and Jen Bosworth in for Patty Vasquez. We're hanging out. We're, We're hanging talking out. with a bike messenger and a filmmaker. Two things you would not think go together, but in <laughs> fact go together wonderfully. Very wonderfully. wonderfully. Very very wonderfully. So, to us. Hi. <laughs> Hi, Margo. Hi, Mari. <laughs> we're back, and um, we were talking a little bit about um, what it's like to be a bike messenger and what it's like to be a woman bike messenger and 
you know, and even a woman filmmaker. I mean, a woman in general. Oh, I'll talk about that for three hours. Here we go. We got things to say. We got four days. Mm -hmm. So um, my question is, we were talking, I was thinking, and we were talking a little bit about um, sort of the mansplaining version of that. We could talk about it in filmmaking, and we can talk about it in bike uh, messaging. Um, why Why don't you talk about a little bit about the, there is a boys club. Um, and how that affects you and how it, just tell us about it, how it looks and how, what you've had to do, how that manifests and what you do about it. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think, I think for one thing, it's gotten a little bit better over the years. So that's, that's cool. That's good. Um, there are more women messengers than there used to be in Chicago. So that's exciting. But, um, but yeah, I remember when I first started the number of people who would come up to me and give advice on things I didn't <laughs> Assuming that on. you were helpless yeah. in what you were doing. I mean, and the thing is, I was kind of clueless about a lot of things about the job, but I didn't, um, I don't know, I, I, I wasn't asking for help either. <laughs> right. Or I, I never knew what it was. Yeah, you're not asking, and you don't know why they're offering if they're like this like awesome kind of like older dude who's giving me lots of advice, which there were people like that. Um, or if it's somebody who's going to then be like, so can I have your phone number? Right. Like, do you want to go smoke weed in the parking deck? Or like, whatever <laughs> the thing is. Like, I don't know. It's just hard to translate. And you're like, I don't know. I'm just, I'm the new girl and everyone knows it. So Right. And yeah. I think that there's a learning curve. And, and for me anyway, I want to do that on my own. Mm-hmm. It's my life to learn. And and help is nice, but it's hard. You you said it. It's hard to know when people are being genuine and when they're being shady. Totally. It right. just is. Yeah. You know, it just is. And mm-hmm. so I, my other question was um, for you, Mari, what was the response like for men and women um, when you made the this film about uh, a woman bike messenger hero who has faults, but mm-hmm. who's mm-hmm. basically who's our hero? What was the response like? Um, it's interesting. I've had um, women say they're so glad that somebody expressed something that has happened to them or that they've felt or witnessed, you know. And then on the other hand, at times I've had men saying things like, that doesn't happen, oh, you know. That's I, my favorite. I just, yeah. I just, <laughs> just denying the yeah, experience. Or, or I just can't even, I can't even, I can't believe that's, that has ever happened, you know. And I'm like, well, um, yeah. Sidebar, do you watch Silicon Valley? Yes, I have. Have you seen the new no. one? No. Okay, he mansplains mansplaining. Nice. He's like, hey, ladies, there's this thing called mansplaining. And they're like, yeah, I know. Yeah, we know. And he's like, no, 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 no. It's this thing where men explain you. it to women. They're like, yeah, we know about that. He goes, no, 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 you don't. Here's what it is. And I was like, oh, my God. I mean, it's wow. you just want to bash That's something. just, wow. Yeah. You yeah. just yeah, want to yeah. burn it to the ground. <laughs> Makes me a little. Um, so you've had slapping. both experiences. So I've had, yeah, extremes. And then um, in terms of. Like the Alley Cat, which showed at um, Chicago International Film Festival. Um, I mean, I really it it ran the just the extremes there as well. I had like people in tears after the screening, saying that was so beautiful, and and I, that just really like hurt in a good way. Yeah. And I had um, I had one guy tell me that was like his favorite movie he's ever seen ever, which I was like, okay, wow. And then you know I also <laughs> yeah. had like the the <laughs> the worst possible you know responses you can imagine really yeah well i can imagine but it's fine like i'm like that is also an opinion right i mean i guess that's the thing i guess that's the thing people have opinions and here's the thing with doing with with creative work if you've written a book if you've written whatever if you have made a film if it's done Mm. the, the there's a questionable motive of coming to tell me that 
Like, That's oh, true. am I going to go back and change it? I mean, yeah. like, if, you, <laughs> yeah. you know, if someone says, like, you know what? I didn't really like your book. Okay. Well, because here's what you need to fix about it. Right. Well, okay, it's but it, it's done. Finished. It's finished. It's right. finished. You just watched right. the film that <laughs> I over. did. It's done. You could write your own things, movie. Which is not to say you can't have an opinion. And you can't say, I didn't like it, but but to say, you got to change this. Or, no. yeah, I mean, I, I think I, you know, I have a solo show about my life that I do. And people will tell me how to change it. <laughs> <And I> said, <laughs> like, this was my, it's my life. life. It's about this, my experience. This happened yeah, to yeah, me. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, I would have done it this way. <laughs> and it's usually men. And I'm usually <laughs> like, what is happening? But that is what we deal with. And yeah. that's just the truth. Oh, I also, in both films, I've had people say, like, they, they, it's like, it's the is she supposed to be likable? I'm not sure I like her. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, thank you, thank you. <laughs> is she supposed to be likable? She's supposed to be likable. Well, that is the most important thing yeah, for right. women. Yeah. We have and to be nice and likable. And pretty. get out of here. <laughs> Don't forget the pretty. You know what I mean? And pretty. Come on now. So, what is the uh, what what project is next? In like you've done so much work around yes. the bike world yes. on film. What's what's happening keep, after this? So I always. I like to say that my next film is going to be two people in a room talking the end. So no more like bicycle, but, um, but that's not true. That'll never happen. But, um, um, I have a, a few things, a few irons in the fire. Um, definitely I've got a couple more features or three, a couple, two tree features I'm sure. trying to get made. Great. Um, also looking for commercial work, like as a director of commercials. Um, and the, the features are all very different and really interesting. Should I tell you about them? Of course, sure, yes. Um, one is written by a friend of mine called The Infected, and it's about a um, an Eritrean woman who is uh, trying to make it to um, Sweden and, and freedom, but she winds up in a refugee camp in, in Italy. And while she's there, um, she comes down with a disease that is taking over in the refugee population. So... Um, there's that. And then I have a, what I'm calling a, a rom trage. It's a romantic <laughs> tragedy. I like it. Called The Tune-Up Girl about a serial monogamist in her mid-30s who, like, every guy she dates goes on and, like, he'll marry the next girl that he dates <laughs> or a woman. But she's constantly sort of, like, she feels like she's, like, fixing them. Yeah. Getting him uh, ready for. Getting him ready to getting to be a human being or, or you what? know, partner. Yeah. Partner. Mm-hmm. So there's that, and then I also have like a really messed up um, horror film about uh, a camper. We uh, we love horror oh, yeah. films, and and Amy Guth would like to be in one. I just, would you? I just want to run through the woods and scream and fall on a root and like do the thing. Oh, but see, in this one, you'd be the you'd be the uh, the horror. Whatever I'm in, I can do it. Room. I'll do okay. it. Okay, she'll do it. it. I'll do it. I want to be in a horror I, movie so I badly. Be, I can't. I want to be in one, but yes. I want to be the person that's like. Do not go out there, yes. Goose. Oh my God, perfect. I am perfect. This, I am this person to say, <laughs> do ready. not go out there, Goose. I'm, I'm going to call nine one one. We had a little. We had some we did horror movie happening, and we were. We had a little mm. improv going. We did have nice. her going like, don't go out there. I was like, no, I have to find the others. Me, I'm like, call nine one one. But they're here. There are. I'm going to walk into the fog, let and we're going to figure it out. <laughs> let them handle. Let me it. tell. Let me tell your your role in my camper movie. Goose. Tell me. Um, so there's this woman, and she's uh, driving a camper van across country. Super inspirational, like solo trip, and like Eat, her social style. media is like immaculate. Hashtag van life. Hashtag yes, and like you know, go be yourself, find yourself. Sure. Like yeah. beautiful script over the Instagram and sunsets and monuments. <laughs> yeah. and she's living Pinterest. Living the she's what? Living but what Pinterest. you don't know, yeah, oh. is that her ex husband is bound 
and imprisoned in the camper van. I'm all over this. <laughs> Do you hear? He's got that. He's got the light. And she's psychologically torturing him the whole time. I'm in. I, I think this I is Goose. The part I was born to play, yeah. baby. It's going to be an Oscar situation. But can there it. please be a role for me that's like this? Yes, you're in it. Listen, you're in. Goose, just, just pull over. Let him go. Let him Let go, him. Goose. I, I know he's bad. Let him go. You can be, I think there's somebody in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep calling the police. My friend, I think her husband's in the camper. Can you check it out? You don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, Take right. I got this. I got this. I can do this. Oh, that's a fantastic. Well, we just cast your film. Yeah. So done. that's a thing so happening. So there you go. Woo-hoo. Okay. This was a good idea. That's yeah. good. See, you you speak things into existence. Yeah. That's what just happened because we opened the show and I was like, I need to be in a period drama for the clothes. Yes. A oh. horror movie for the shouting and the craziness. Yeah, you didn't hear that because uh, she was talking. She made it happen. It's a cool. full moon. Everything's right, going on. Right, right done we should maybe say that i would be thrilled for piles of money to fill the studio right now. right <laughs> since we're I would speaking like, things into existence i would like bill curtis to come by and offer <laughs> me a job as his protege on american justice perfect oh, oh i could see you Ooh. nailing yeah. that job yeah yes yeah okay All we're right. gonna take a break okay. and speak some other things into existence and we shall return in just a bit amy youth and jen bosworth here on 720 wgn Seven twenty WGN. It's Amy Guth and Jen Bosworth in for Patty Vasquez. That's a great song. I love that song. Who is it? Can we say it? Yeah, this is Serengeti. Yeah, it is. Serengeti. This is no beginner. No beginner. Good song. There's no no beginning. No end. <laughs> That's something that the the lead in her movie might say before she, we find out that she. We're gonna have your Safari's movie. Everything's gonna be wrapped up by the end of the show. Bill Curtis is gonna come by. It's gonna be great. Um, well, we're here, and we're filling in for Patty, and we're talking to Margot and Mari, and we're talking about bike messengering, and we're also talking about filmmaking, and we're talking about mansplaining. And a and film <laughs> about bike messengering. And a film about and not my, mansplaining. And not mansplaining. <laughs> um, and my question for you, Margot, as you bike around, as you live your life doing this, um, what are your some of your favorite memories of the city or things that stick out to you that you, you can tell us about? Um, it's hard because there's so there's so many uh, so many days to think about, but I think um, uh, I guess there's just just when you see one solo bike messenger like going through traffic, you're not seeing that they're on like at my company we're on open channel radio, so there's ten of us like talking all day, and you're like, oh, I saw a cute dog. You're like, oh, hey guys, there's free coffee at this place. Or wow. I usually am like the sunset, and everyone's like, yeah, okay. <laughs> like, <we saw it. laughs> but but I think I don't know. It's it's really nice that that's like the camaraderie that. and. Um, like it's like you're hanging out with your friends all day and then it's it's a slow day so you're not you're making less money but you're sitting in the park with your friends and it's really nice so i think that's like the part people don't see as much when they see like the aggressive person cutting in front of them in traffic who maybe is just is doing something smart but you can't tell what they're doing so right i mean i think that's that brings me to my next question which is as a driver i do drive goof does not drive i mean she knows how but sure. she doesn't do it in this city I'm licensed to do so <laughs> she's licensed <laughs> to drive neglected it's to buy a car in right. the city so. Yeah, I mean, driving driving is uh, stressful, but I also want to be a good driver, and I, I do drive downtown for auditions and for things like that. So, I mean, you know, 
can you help me? <laughs> Margo, but what I'm asking is, what are some things that would be helpful for me to know and other drivers to know when, when driving in this city where we're sharing the road with mm-hmm. people who are doing their job, living, you know, having their career? What, what is good to know? I think the most important thing is just giving enough space when you pass people. Because I think, I don't know, people in cars can, you know, parallel park or you can get, they can squeeze through traffic, but they don't seem to understand how close they are to like another human being. Right. So who is not protected by like a, a big metal shell, like a car. So I think I think giving enough space when you pass is a really important thing. And also just maybe trusting the trusting cyclists, although there's such a wide variety of skill levels out on the streets that it's hard. But I think sometimes you see someone kind of they look like they're kind of swerving down the street, but maybe there's a giant pothole. Like maybe there was a reason for that. It's not that they're just being crazy. So I think that's one thing that that I think about when I drive a car infrequently and I see cyclists and like oh it does kind of look like like mm. you you are kind of confused as a driver it, I totally get that it looks a little like precarious like, kind hap- of. yeah like uh, wild yeah and, but mm. I I like the fact that you said that there's a re- there could be a reason mm-hmm. the other thing mm-hmm. I like is giving people space which could be said in many things <laughs> so and many be really good in all of our it's a life areas. lesson really. it's really a life lesson <laughs> yeah. to give people space and to know that yeah people are vulnerable mm-hmm. I mean mm-hmm. really if you yeah. look at mm-hmm. it it's like people are vulnerable we're all vulnerable and let's make space for each other I mean, I, really I saw yeah, someone get doored and it was uh, so terrifying. I I haven't ridden a bike in the city, only out on trails and things like that, because that was horrible to mm-hmm. see that. I mean, everybody got up relatively unscathed, mm-hmm. but it was still, you know, it, it w- that stuck to me in that moment of mm-hmm. how vulnerable that person was. And it was just a matter of, it was up to the fates, how he was going to land and how it was going to yeah. go. And it was so wow. scary. We were t- off air right before we came back. We were talking about this a little bit and it, I looked it up it is the Dutch reach which sounds like a sex sounds, act yes it does <laughs> it's not a sex yes, act yes it does it is um Dutch drivers have been conditioned and trained to open the car door with their right hand so it forces you to turn around and look to see if a if a cyclist is coming up on the side after you've parked I mean that's pretty mm-hmm. good. We need that's to. Good. We need we to, to do it. Awesome. We got a Dutch reach yeah. right Dutch here. Reach. We got to start this Dutch reach right here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna start it right now. No, but I. I think. <laughs> no, I'm not going to. Um, but I. I definitely think I. I look. I've. I had a friend who I was saying had a show, a solo show about her experience as a bike messenger, and from that show, I really did learn to slow down, hmm. and realize that we are not the only people on the planet Mm -hmm. in our little bubble of a car. I also lived in LA where you like live in your car, but that, that we are sharing. That's the Mm -hmm. thing. We are sharing this space with many things. And I think there's something about having tons of steel that you think, Oh, well I'm invincible, which okay. But let's, you know, let's not hurt each other in the process of getting to, Mm-hmm. and fro you know I, I in the process of proving our invincibility let's right. not be <laughs> right. quite quite vincible yeah mm-hmm. let's not be quite as vincible yeah um so but yeah so you so so next for you you've got three films yeah mari trying that to, you're trying to st- one starring all against the one wall and see if some oh they'll so, stick see what sticks. oh, it'll oh stick because stick. the other two were beautiful and so. really i mean yes truly i mean the first five seconds of that trailer right away you're in and you get it yep immediately cool. like yeah. you see it and the music is perfect and it's beautifully shot it's lovely i really yeah. am a fan so mari ulrich 
Tell us where we can see these films again. Yes. Um, so the short film is called Faster, and it's on iTunes and Amazon. And the feature film is called The Alley Cat, and it's on iTunes and Amazon and YouTube rentals do you, and do some you other stuff. Yes. Uh, you can go to thealleycatfilm.com, or you can also try mariulrich.com. Okay. Or you can try econoprod. Dot com. <laughs> you have a lot of domain names. We're gonna, yeah, it's a lot. We'll lot. put those yeah. um, on okay. our show page on WGN Radio, and we'll also tweet them out. And yeah, I'll excellent. Share them with people. Thank you. And Margot, I want to, in case people want to know about your company, I mean, you you know, it's not just your company, but it, where if, you know, because people need messengers, and why not hire a company that does right by their workers? Yes. So tell us about how they um, can find you. So Cut Cats Courier, um, Cut, C-U-T, Cats. Um, we have a website also, cutcatscourier.com. Um, and we do food delivery. We work with restaurants mainly, but we're happy to deliver just about anything. So, And you work on the north side, or you go all we, over? We're in mostly in Lakeview, The Loop, Wicker Park, Humboldt Park, well, Logan Square. Everywhere. <laughs> yeah. We haven't gone gone beyond that yet, but yeah. That's pretty great. Expanding. And they have some good-looking T-shirts. Yeah, we have some great merch you for sale yeah, online. Do. Yeah. Oh. So... Oh. Merch is fun. Mer- merch is fun. People like merch. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, great. So we're going to put links to all of that stuff that you just mentioned up at, at uh, blah, blah, I can't even talk. That's up okay. At WGNRadio.com awesome. um, when we post the podcast so people can check that out. Yeah. Thanks. I'm ex- people I'm, like links. People love links. Cool. And I love links. And I <laughs> and, merch. and merch. And merch. <laughs> and links movies. and merch. Maybe we've I should get some merch we've going. We've officially like, had our caffeine bomb. <laughs> That's what's going on here. I was wondering what's, what was happening. And you know what happens to me? I have. I was just mentioning that I have a sugar meets caffeine explosion. Nice. And then I'm just on fire. But later, <laughs> yeah. it'll Correct. be interesting. Like in 40 minutes, the, the yeah. last bit of the show, yeah. we're going to be She'll like... She'll just be a pile on the floor. Talking about things in our handbags. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then, and then Bill Curtis came to me in a dream. And I've got this chapstick here in my purse, and that's how it's going to be. That's going to be a thing. And, my, and uh, Mike will have to take over. He'll be like, um, yes, I'm going to talk now. Because these two are these tripping. Because these two are tripping out. out. <laughs> I'm well, ready for it. Good. You ready thank for you. it? Well, thank you both thank you so, so much, much for being hey, with thanks us. Thanks for having us. This is really fun. Again, go check out the films. If you need courier stuff, we're going to send those links out so you'll have them. All that good stuff. So we are uh, we're going to get you to news here in a moment. Yeah. And when we come back, we are going to, we have so much to talk about. We have about, so though. much to talk about. But we're going to be tackling the topic of fear, fear in a very big and aggressive and fearful or fearless way. Yes, we are because I'm inspired by a fearless <laughs> filmmaker and a fearless female flyer. Did you see that? Uh, Guth is not impressed. And uh, alliteration doesn't impress me. No. Yeah. Well, it's about as best as I can do. Yeah. We're so you know what I mean. So um, but I, I am inspired. So we're going to talk about things that scare us, why we do them and um, why we avoid doing them. why we avoid doing them. <laughs> why we procrastinate. Why we procrastinate and um, feeling the fear and doing it anyway. Or Look not. That. That's what we're going to do. 720 WGN. Amy Guth, Jen Bosworth, in for Patty Vasquez with you another hour. You know, we we talk about fear a lot. That comes up in our conversations really a lot. So I think we should formally discuss Let's it. Let's formally discuss it. Okay. I what, agree. What are before we get to what are you afraid of? Sure. Because that's that's well, that's obvious. Let's go. 
Oh, the windows are being washed. They I was are. like, what's happening? You know, what's there's, there's a weird shadow there's happening. There's <laughs> double windows. I did not know that. Oh, there are double windows here because people have tried to shoot them. <laughs> Throw oh, bricks Speaking of them. fear, okay, I'm going to duck. <laughs> no. Um, really? I thought one time someone was pulling a weapon while I was on the air. What? He was pantomiming it. Kathy O'Malley and I were both sitting here, and we both flinched. What went through my head was, okay, just try to get my head below the console so he can't hit my head that's I really thought like I this is the I'm about to be shot he was pantomiming it but he was just agitated and angry yeah. and had been out the window for a few minutes right here on Michigan Avenue and suddenly kind of reached behind <gasps> his waistband and pulled what looked like a weapon out and just kind of quickly pointed it but but yeah Kathy O'Malley and I both were like whoa <laughs> we yeah. both jumped yeah thinking this is the end um wow and I had yeah, I mean, That's I, scary. earlier in the show, I had said something like, um, I made a joke about, about because she said something about, that. that's no way to go out. I said, no, I'm planning on getting assassinated, because that means I'm super important. And I was like, I'll never say that again. I'll never say that again. I mean, I mean, I've only had naked people. Oh, I've had a couple. Of, <laughs> I've had a couple of mooners. Mooners. And I, I, I used to have a flasher. He would show up and just stand there and and he would like wear sweatpants and just drop the front of the sweatpants i was like i don't want it's january sir no one wants to see that sir <laughs> if you could sir just put you need your pants please put on. your pants on sir <laughs> also I, I let me explain something to okay. gentlemen right now okay i believe and 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 i'm going to speak in a little bit of generalizing language sure. right now but generally speaking men are a little more visual Agreed. Than women. Agreed. So I don't know any woman who has ever said this is awesome when that happened. Been flashed and be, yeah, and been like, oh, that's well, great. You weren't on my radar, but you are right. now. No, no woman has done that ever. Ditto if you take a picture of your genitals and and text it or messenger message messenger it to a woman. Now, message it. You know what I'm trying to say. I think yes, I do, and I I. Th- think that that is crazy to do but people do it all, all the, the time. time I was talking to my husband my husband is old and uh he's you know he's an old older dude and he was saying we were talking about this he's like I can't even figure out how to work the phone <laughs> much less <laughs> much take less a picture, take a picture while holding the phone <laughs> he, he's like I don't even know how this phone it's works. so casually done okay okay so I have um a friend from childhood and um and his brother, younger brother, who I knew as a little boy, yeah. was moving to Chicago for a job. And so he was like, hey, will you kind of help him get settled? I'm like, yeah, absolutely. So I give the guy, the kid, I'm saying kid, he's 35 right. years old. But nonetheless, I was like, I give the kid my number. And I'm like, you know, text me and I'll let's meet up for dinner and we'll talk about some neighborhoods where you might want to look for an apartment. And, you know, sure. it was perfectly nice. Talked yes. about the old you know the old neighborhood and people we knew in common and what they're up to and all that because it'd been decades since I'd seen him and then later he goes back and he's packing and he's moving and getting all ready and he keeps updating me I sign a lease da 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 you're like at some point he goes I really um he says something like I really appreciated all this and he sends me a photograph of his junk and I was like oh oh hey I don't wrong number but it's yeah no i mean thinking it was wrong and he goes no i I meant it for you don't don't you want to see that and i was like 
I don't understand that. That is a behavior that should get you mental health treatment. Because if you did that on the sidewalk, you'd get you'd, arrested. Right. How is it fine to do You're that? You're assaulting my eyeballs. You really are. You are assulting my eyes. You are that. assaulting my eyeballs. Yes. And that is exactly what happened. I mean, what that's I- startling. Yes. And so when I established that he had, in fact, sent that to me on purpose. That's. I no. don't. Okay, look, I'm not a snitch. I don't like to snitch, but in that case, I was so mad because I knew him as a little boy. I was so mad. I totally read it out to his family. Good. (laughs) I was like, I know your mother and your older brother and I are getting some help. I was like, I went to his older brother first, who is my friend. And I was like, dude, this just occurred. And I just sent him a screen grab. And he was like, oh, my God, he's dead to me. I'm so sorry. <laughs> he's dead to me. I'm so sorry. He's dead to me. Was, but that's not acceptable. Upset. I mean, not that, acceptable. Is, that is an understatement that it's not acceptable. Not only are you assaulting a woman's eyes by sending her an unsolicited photograph of your junk, but I don't think that's ever worked in the history of ever. ever. No woman has ever been like, oh, yeah. Thank you. That's exactly that. what I wanted on a Sunday night. Right. You know what I mean? Like, right. what are you doing? What What do you expect to occur right now? I don't understand. I don't either. So it's also really um, um, bold and weird. It's just a straight. It would never cross my mind. Never, 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 no. ever. And now, if you're in a relationship and y'all are exchanging some photos or whatever, like as long as it's solicited I'm and married, consensual. I don't want to see any, any of my husband's. <laughs> You're like, I see it all the I'm time. Like, no, right please don't send me any pictures. <laughs> I'm it's no thanks. I it's seen okay. It. I'm seen all it. good. I'm done. Uh, we've worked we've worked that out. No way. I'm sure your husband is my, delighted my to just discuss this. So. <laughs> anyway, the point is I think it's good to explain. Don't do that. Don't send right don't send people photos don't of do your that. anatomy. No. Unless you're like having a conversation, and that's part of the deal, and that's part of the thing that you do. Otherwise, don't do that. A fun thing. Don't do that otherwise. Because basically, this was like someone probably you could have. Did you? Could you have babysat? I think I did. Okay. See, that's not right. Then we're. It's just very strange. It's very strange. I think a lot of times it occurs, and I don't know in your case, but a lot of times it occurs when people have been drinking. And it's just mm. like, ah, oh, here's an idea. Here's a great All idea. <laughs> no, sir. It's a terrible <laughs> idea. Never do it unless you're in no. some kind of thing. It's the same thing with like being catcalled mm-hmm. or, or I don't know what this, I call it the red light nod when you pull up at a light and you look over just to make sure like a homicidal yeah. maniac is not pulled up next to you. And the guy just does like, it's the backwards nod, like yeah. flips his head up, yeah. like chin up. Yeah. Like what? What do you expect to be happening now? I don't understand. Did you think that I'd be like, you know what? I'm going to put my car in park and I'm going to get in the car with you. Yeah. And we're going to go hook up. I'm going to leave my car on Lakeshore Drive here at Chicago (laughs) Avenue and we're going to just go for a ride. You weren't an option, but you nodded at me. Let's do this. That nod really hooked me in. No. It's very strange. It's all weird. I had a dude chase me down Michigan Avenue about two months ago. I walked past him. I was on my way in here and he said something like, Hey girl, you got a boyfriend or whatever, and I just kept walking. Like I owe you no explanation of anything gonna, in my life. Yeah, and I just kept walking. I didn't even acknowledge him, and he chased me down and grabbed me by the elbow, and he was like, "Hey, I asked you a question." I was like, "Oh, oh." He oh, just, also, you are studied in martial arts. I am, and so, and I have used it twice on Michigan Avenue. Yeah. and I was like, "What? What are we doing?" And I just, I mean, I gave him a look, and he knew he had done the wrong thing. You, yeah, touching. No, no, don't be. I mean, mm-mm. 
it's something's got to change. A lot of things have got to change. Yeah, I think there is a cultural. I mean, there's got to be a shift. We got to shift it. I mean, I don't know what. If you feel entitled to comment on, touch, harass, assault, eyeballs. If you feel entitled to another human being's body, there's a problem. And I think that is so widespread that we do need to, there is a shift that we need to. Uh, Yes, it is indicative of a greater problem. Our show has taken quite a turn. Yeah, we were going to talk about fears, and now <laughs> we're talking about. But you know what? About... It is. Uh, it is connected. It is, it is connected yeah. because it's. It is actually for me when I hear people sending pictures and doing that's that that makes me frightened. Oh yeah. For like the state of what's going on, so it's it, it, things are scary, but you know. We're trying to change it. We're working on it. We're working on it right here. We're going to take a break. We're having therapy hour. <laughs> We're going to take a break. When we come back, we will actually talk about fear and possibly more, you know, pictures of people sending inappropriate not really no, no we're done we, we could do that or we could just talk about yeah the the way you were going to talk about some di- speaking of digital media apps that i really am curious about oh yeah we're to gonna bring talk about back that too. to that okay fear apps all the things back in just a bit on 720 wgn 720 wgn it's amy guth and jen bosworth in for patty vasquez with you till two o'clock we're talking about all the things. And as we have been having this conversation tonight, yes. the studio has been alternately freezing <laughs> and burning up. And it so really has. I just like, got... I go from sweating to, to shaking. But I thought it was just the caffeine. But I think it's something has gone haywire. The full moon. Oh, the full moon. Because things... We also got a lot of wires. You can't see it. But there's... um There was not... a band. There was a great... There was a great punk so band. So pretty that was in... So pretty, they're called. Yes, and that's their name. But there's a bunch of wires going. It looks as if as if we're creating a robot here, which we could, which we could. We could. Um, but um, yeah, so we're talking about all kinds of stuff. We're talking about fear. Yeah, and I think that's an interesting topic. I talk about that a lot. I'm also asked about that a lot when I've been interviewed. That's that comes up quickly. People want to ask me about fear. It's so interesting. I think you you know sometimes. Um, Based on what you talk about on air and stuff, I think there's a perception, at least I had this, and I still do knowing you, that you are pretty fearless. Now, whether that's true to the nth degree, I don't know. But I'm saying there's you have taken certain steps in your life, mm-hmm. in, in your career, in your journalism, that um, are pretty fearless in a sense. So maybe that's why you get asked mm. that. Do you think? I think it's more about impatience than no. fearless. I, I mean, I... I I, when I feel stagnant, I get really antsy. Oh. I, I feel like I always need momentum and forward flow. When I feel stuck, I get real antsy. So that could be yeah, but a people... situation. So sometimes I'll go, I can't, I can't stay at this job. I got to go to this other thing. I got to do this. Oh. I do that. That's why I've always got like nine jobs. Because <laughs> I'm like, I got to go. <laughs> yes, but you are willing to do certain things. Like some people, when they get antsy, they take up running. You, right. you do uh, bigger moves and bigger, you make bigger moves than that. Anyway, the, the, what I'm saying is, I don't think it's an accident that you get asked that question. No, I don't think so. Do you so. know what I mean? Yeah. Like I just. I feel fear all the time. Of course you do. I just, uh, to me, it is like a little beacon of, hey, here's some crap to fix. Yeah. That's how I feel about it. I, I agree. Because I think, I here's why. Let me go in the Wayback Machine. Okay. And this is, let us go into my brain. I think I've told this story in the air before. I definitely have on the Goof and Hupke podcast. Um, when I was about, probably about four, um, so definitely the statute of limitations has run out. So yes. don't go after my dad. We will not. <laughs> but um, we were at a public pool. And he had me up on his shoulder and he was, we were looking at the drain 
And he said, how far do you think it is from the drain to the top of the water? Is it taller than a tree? And he said, oh, yeah, that's big. That's like the ocean. That's big. And he threw me in the pool. And I came up kind of freaked out. And he, um, he I remember him saying, you're not going to drown, but you need to swim back to me. Whoa. I'm not going to let you drown, but you got to do this. You got to figure it out. And so what I remember about that is suddenly going like, oh, crap, oh, crap. And then knowing how to swim. I had this similar thing with a bike. There you go. So um, we had, yeah, it's the same thing. We had a, um, a, a family friend who's pretty adventurous and pretty like a mountain man kind mm-hmm. of a guy. And um, my parents dropped me off at, the, he had children my age. And um, he said, today you're going to learn how to ride a bike. And I was like eight and or seven or something. I don't know. It was time for me to ride a bike. And he said, you're, here, get on the bike. I said, but I'm going to fall. He said, yeah, but eventually you'll you'll get it. Get on the bike. There was no like... How do you feel? Right. Like These training we? wheels no. will be on for three no. months. No. Nope. We're going to do And bike. I, and he just said, go, we're going. And he rode with me, mm-hmm. but I fell and fell. And then one, I thought, I'm tired of falling. Here <laughs> we, gonna we're going to do it. And then I did it. And it, it yeah. literally changed the way I looked at learning new things. Absolutely. That's exactly what you know? the swimming did for me. Cause it made, then it made me very risk tolerant right. and it made me almost feel at my my most confident when I just jump in and start figuring it out yeah and 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 really I feel like the way to do things for me is just to do it just yes to, you got to like you uh, look I'm not saying don't take a, a class if you're gonna right. do axe throwing right like, that's not what I'm take saying. a minute and learn. take a class yeah but in terms of like new jobs um there's power in starting yep there is and I get very where where impatience comes out for me a lot is um, when things start feeling tedious and and over planning mm. drives me crazy. So you're not an over planner. I'm not an over planner. I will plan on the fly and I'll plan at a glance, but I like to sit there and plan it to death drives me bananas. Yeah, and I think for me it's sort of I have learned through my experiences in life Things never go according to plan. No, never, ever, 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 ever. And you can't control every detail anyway. No, and I think you know we were speaking of fear. I think that my when I feel out of control is when I feel the most afraid. Mm -hmm. However, there is a freedom in feeling out of knowing that I don't have control, and it's for me. It's making the choice to accept the fact that I don't have control. Yeah. And doing something else, thinking about something else, mm-hmm. moving on, but realizing that I am not in control of this crazy ship. You know what yeah, I mean? I'm yeah. just not. And that's where my, you know, we we're talking about it off air a little bit. That's where my fear of flying comes from. Mm-hmm. It is not. It is that I somehow feel that I have control over the plane. So you mentioned the martial arts that I do. Yeah. Um, there was an exercise that one of my teachers did about fear that I thought was really powerful. And it was... Um, he also used the example of he, we were talking about fear in class. Okay. And, and he, he said something about, he was asking us to name some fears and a couple of people named, Oh, fear of flying. And a couple of people said heights. A couple of people yeah. said public speaking. Um, or something. Yeah. I think something s- like that being in front of people. Yeah. The, the usual things, you know, came up. Um, some people said, I'm afraid of getting hurt. Or I'm afraid of injuring myself, cutting myself or something, you know, yeah. falling and, and, um, two people said, I'm, I'm afraid of falling on the sidewalk and hitting my face and knocking out a tooth. I was like, that is very specific, but yeah, okay, sure. Yeah. That teeth scary. are very triggering for yeah. people. Yeah. So we did this exercise I thought was really interesting and very valuable. 
and it was about shrinking the scope of the fear, knowing you're going to, by nature, humans are going to expand fears anyway. Okay. Right. If, I'm if, following. Like, say, for example, someone says something a little snarky. It's it's in human nature to go, oh, that person hates me. Sure. Instead of just, they they're, didn't like that one thing I did or whatever. Or you know? they're having a bad day. They're, or, or it has nothing to do with me. Right? right. It's in our nature to go, oh, my oh. God, that person hates me. The whole office hates me. Everybody here hates me. I got to move to another town. Right. Like, it's in our nature to start extrapolating. To, like, spiral yeah. outward. Yeah. That's, that's some of us worse than others. <laughs> I do that all the time. Yeah. But... So this was knowing you're going to do that to start chopping the edges off and making it as small as possible. And so he used the flying one and he said, okay, Okay, I'm really interested. What is terrifying about it? And he starts like name the pieces of it that are difficult. And someone said, well, um, first it was like, well, I'm not driving the bus, so I don't, I don't have any say. And then it was, but what are you scared of happening? Is it falling from the sky? Is it crashing? Is it, you know, and I realized we're saying this as, there has been an accident there has been a crash and we've been updating that throughout the night but nonetheless this is a thing that it's happening it's happening and therefore it's on people's minds so he's he's like having us name the thing as specifically as possible and keep making it smaller and smaller so it's it got from scared of flying because because that means I have a stressful day from the minute I get up when I get to the airport flying getting off until I'm safely on the plane on the ground on the other side and out of the airport awful the whole thing is stressful totally keep chopping it down until you name the exact thing that is really upsetting about it and that has been so useful to me because it's made me shrink a lot of fear Mm. of even like on like boats weren't super like I wouldn't get on a water taxi that just seemed like a capsizing waiting to happen and I would surely be submerged and I was like well what is it that's it's it's okay sudden falling okay it's a sudden jolt so it's sudden so it's not just I don't think just like a wave a slow wave will happen and I'll just gently fly off the boat it's a sudden wave it's a jolt okay so maybe then I I'm I could do it on not choppy days not windy days Mm -hmm. you know and so you just start like shrinking it and so you, so it becomes more manageable. It's more manageable, and your language even becomes less conducive to having. Instead of saying "I'm scared of boats" or "I'm scared of planes," it's suddenly like, "I'm scared of turbulent air." Yes. Or I'm scared of, of a large bump in turbulent air. I'm scared of a large wave on a choppy water right. day. It, so it's like you get super specific, and then it becomes like less vague and um, all-encompassing and right. more like this specific thing right. is what triggers me. It's suddenly not a big monster. Right. Well, here's here's a, a little, a teeny story someone told me about when I was talking about my fear of flying. And they said, look, here's a story. A man was in his therapist's office and he said, I have this scary dream. And in this dream, the, the monster is chasing me, chasing me, chasing me. And I always wake up right before he catches me and, and, and turns me around and faces me. It happens every time, every time. And he said, okay, well, well, why don't you, and this was going on. It was an, it was like a, a months and months. He's, and the therapist said, okay, look, why don't you ask the monster what it wants? Like turn, look at it, face it and say, what do you want for me? So the guy said, okay, I'm going to do it. So he had the dream, of course. And in, in, in the dream, he finally got the courage up and just had had enough of mm-hmm. the fear, turned the 
thing around and said, what do you want from me? And the monster said, how should I know? This is your dream. <laughs> so perfect. we make this, yes. a lot of our own, our own spiraling out of control is from a thought that like, you know, it, it's not an outside force a lot of times. Oh, no. And so like what yeah. you were saying was so helpful about what your teacher was saying. It's like, let's chunk it down. Let's really inspect it. Yeah. And make it so that it is not this huge global um, ginormous. It's not a giant force coming right. to get you. It is, in fact, maybe just turbulent air or something right. like that. Right. Just a small thing. Yeah. So. Fantastic. I really, that's really going to help me. It. You know what? Once you start applying it to things, it is marvelous how helpful it is. Yeah, because you then can get really specific and really clear. Very and clear. And less um, just... Um, catastrophe it like it, becomes like a very small part versus my whole life's a catastrophe and I think it switches kind of the locus of control a little bit and puts it in a little more internal way other than here's this giant thing out to and get me I can do something about my own thinking right I can't do anything about the plane once it's I can but I can take care of my thinking right and in the, the example and I'm of, responsible for that in the example of choppy water it's like well I choose not to go out today because it's really windy and there's probably waves but I'm not taking the idea of a water right. taxi out of my life forever right see we're solving problems we're solving here. problems we're making movies <laughs> we're casting movies we've done this has been a very productive yeah, night here really at 1 30 in the morning amy with jen bosworth in for for i almost said kathy vasquez no because we were talking about kathy o'malley yeah. earlier for i like kathy too Pat, love them both yeah for patty vasquez that's who we're in for and we're going to take a little break get you to news all that good stuff and then come back and finish this conversation here on 720 wgn Good morning, everybody. This is morning. It's morning. It is morning. Um, Good morning, everybody. This is Jen B and Amy Guth, and we're filling in for Patty Vasquez, and she will be back on Friday. But until then, we are here. No, there's someone else on Friday. Oh no, she. That's right. She'll be back on Monday. She'll be back on Monday. Sorry about that. Um, We've (laughs) got Esmeralda and uh, her co-host John Hanson. John Hanson, and they'll be on Friday. But until then, we are here. You got us. You got us. We're here. We're talking about, we've really talked about a lot of things and it's been awesome. And we're talking about fear and we were, this is one of my favorite topics. It's very interesting. I love talking about fear and vulnerability and honesty. I just think those things flow through so much of what we do. Think about all the dumb crap that people do because they are afraid to just say the thing do the thing, afraid to look foolish, have afraid-, the, uh, ha- afraid to have a uh, confrontation, a conflict, yes. have, you know, I, I had to learn. Uh, so I do a lot of self tapes for mm-hmm. pilots. I have an agent who will say, you know, Comedy Central wants you to do a tape of this thing. Okay. The only way you learn, I learned how to do television was by watching myself, mm-hmm. which is excruciating oh it's horrible (laughs) but I thought I don't want to do this and then I thought but do I want to get better at my job and I thought yes I do so I am going to do the thing that I'm really afraid because you're too this I'm too that I'm too you know usually it's totally has nothing to do it's always for me body image that's that's the thing and I'm like you know what 
I just got to be the best me I can. Yep. And to do that, I got to, and I, if I'm going to be an actor and I want to work on television, I have to know what I'm doing. And so I started, it was really hard, but I'm like, okay, I'm just going to watch. And I kind of use the doctrine of your teacher where I was like, okay, I'm going to just sort of uh, separate myself yep. from the actual bigness of the sphere and look at it from an, like a technical point of view, mm -hmm. like an observer, like a scientist. Okay, what am I saying with my word, you know, with my face in this? And it really helped, but I was afraid. I did not want to do it. I did not, and I, and, but that's the only way I learned. And isn't that funny how sometimes your gut reaction will be like, nope, when really deep down, when you sit with it, your, your reaction is actually, I'm, I don't want to mess with this. It's right. scary and it's painful or it's upsetting. I don't want to dig in this certain spot in the garden what am I going to dig up you know what I mean like a sinkhole yeah and and also you know it is the the sort of truth that people can be very cruel mm -hmm. and that is just be from probably from their fear you know yeah. and and but it is a thing to face of like you know um our fears like we were saying you know they're not going to go away and sometimes they're justified well fear fear protects us right and so sometimes you I mean for me, when I feel afraid of something, I, it, to me, I said this before, it's like a beacon of something I've got, I need to dig into and figure it yes. out. And sometimes the answer is this is protecting you from getting murdered yes. or whatever, you know, like I'm, I'm, I watch you and I both watch a lot of true crime I'm, Oh yes. and I live alone. And so I'm afraid someone's going to just kick in my back door and chop me into bits. So I'm like, okay, so I'm going to, I'm going to put some effort into some pretty cool security yeah, stuff prepared and also I'm gonna learn how to fight so I can yeah. stand a chance yeah know? I mean I think there's something to be said about um taking action and doing the things yeah. we can do right and it makes me sleep at night because I know I have a I have excellent security happening in place in my apartment that it would be really challenging to get through without me hearing you right and if you did I could fight you pretty well right so we do what we can. We do what we can. And that fear propelled me to go do those things. It propelled me to get security stuff. It propelled me to learn to fight. It propelled me to do all this stuff. So that, and in that case, fear was very positive. I mean, yeah. And tying it into what Margo was saying, are we, you know, the bike messenger, the lovely Margo was saying about confidence. Yeah. So if we can do what we can, if I can do what I can to build up my confidence in a certain area then I feel more prepared yes. if something does go awry. Right. But it's like when my life is ruled by this sort of uh, being paralyzed, yeah. that's when the trouble starts for me internally because then I can't make heads or tails. Right. So once I've reached a certain point, like when I'm flying, if I do not rein it in, ch chunk it down mm -hmm. to life, you know, real sort of manageable proportion, it's too, it's very hard, but if I can sort of ahead of time, listen to my tapes, I have, use my resources, mm -hmm. take care of myself, yeah. it becomes easier. Sure. So I think it's a mixture, right? Of preparation and doing what we can and then letting go. Of, I've done all I can. Yeah. And being okay with that. Yes. You know, one thing <laughs> that helped me with flying, I was in my early thirties and just woke up one day afraid to fly. And I was like, where is this coming from? I still don't know what yeah. happened. But I was like, I got to figure this out. Yeah. And I didn't let it stop me. I still was traveling a lot for work. But nonetheless, it was there and it was getting worse. And then I had um, I had a flight on one of those little tiny puddle jumpers. And it was very turbulent. Oh my. And at one oh point my. we dropped so quickly in the air that like drinks were out and coffee hit the ceiling. I mean, it was very Oh, scary. goof. And I screamed. 
was terrified. I grabbed a woman next to me and screamed. And I was like, I got to get, I got to get control of this. And um, so one thing I started doing was when there's Wi-Fi available, I'll get it so that I feel like if I could tweet a last thing, <laughs> like I'll, it will be okay. If I could just send like, I love all you guys. Right. Or, you know, I feel like. Like you have some closure on this. Like you will made peace in some way. Right. At least social media because wise. Because part of it is I don't want, I, I feel like I don't want to, I don't want my last moments on this earth to be like, oh crap, there's so much I didn't do. Um, and so I was like, okay, that's one thing. Yes. I could still not do those things, but at least I could express that regret yes, on Twitter. <laughs> you really can. You could tweet it. <laughs> I could tweet it. It could tweet it. For me, it was like, if I could, if I know, like I, when I flew to New York to do my show, my solo show went to New York at the Fringe Festival and I, and I was talking with someone and I said, well, at least if I, if I die, which is a remote possibility, but could happen, I'm going to do something I love. Right. And that made it worthwhile. I was like, I am going to do something I love. Well, but it's the same as you were talking about with learning to ride the bike. Suddenly you got tired of falling down from the bike and you're like, I just need to do this. Yes. And the same with the videos you were talking about. Yes. At some point, like, I need to get over myself and just it's like, work on this stuff. And just, it's like, how much energy do I spend avoiding the thing? And it's a lot for And the me. minute, you, I mean, the minute you confront it, it dissolves. It, it turns just, to dust. It's it becomes, gone. Yeah. It becomes the dream where the monster is, you know, like. Right. This is, you I don't know, man. It's I your don't dream. Know. It's your dream. I'm just, I'm just <laughs> extra. Right. You cast me. I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah. I think all that stuff is so interesting. So, but I, to me, it's all very tied to, to truth and vulnerability and all that. And, yeah. and I would say, I think vulnerability comes naturally to everybody, but I think through our lives and just our childhoods, mm -hmm. like stuff gets put away. So because of it, it doesn't come naturally to me as an adult, you know, to I, be vulnerable. No. Be, okay. Yeah. That was very much painted as like, that is, that is weakness. And you and put that away. Okay. And it's, that's not fun. That's no way to live. No, we, vulnerability is, I believe, um, the only way through yes. certain things. Totally now, that's not, that doesn't mean you're so vulnerable that you're sending photos of yourself <laughs> to people in the middle of the night nor does your... it mean oversharing no it really doesn't and and it doesn't mean yeah dumping on people or but it does mean for me being aware of my own um um trouble spots yeah and knowing when to share and when not to share but knowing they need to be worked on in some way sure whether it's in person or in a you know getting help or whatever it is right. but yeah i overheard a date at a coffee shop and I wanted to turn around and say, would you two just be a little more vulnerable to each other? You're really screwing this up. Because they were they were both really posturing. Yeah. But you could tell they really liked each other and they were doing it because they, they wanted to impress each other. But they were, in fact, I think, totally screwing it up because neither was being even a little bit vulnerable, vulnerable. at all. Yeah, you have to have some. And yet they were both, you know, I think, and you could tell, the. I mean, just a woman listening to a woman ask a man a question you kind of know what she was right. aiming at and and he answered in such a player kind of um I'm so tough and don't have feelings right. kind of way and you could tell it kind of disappointed her yeah and then he asked her a question that I believe he was I think he liked her and she answered oh, in this a, is gonna make me cry well, it's like well, a misconnection it situation. was I know and they were sitting right there in front of each other and she answered in a like I don't care whatever 
and you know she did you could tell she cared cared. but they were both he was just kind of like i don't know a lot of a lot of women i don't know and then her i don't know i don't care i don't care i don't care it doesn't matter and both of them were so busy posturing that i was like you're you're gonna walk away from this date never having connected and never knowing how much how much you might have in common which is not to say like this date's going really well did you want to get married in an hour right don't do that but like like hey this is really fun. I hope we do this again. Yes. Nothing's wrong. Or with like, um, yeah, how do you feel about this? And someone really saying, oh, I feel, you know, X, Y, and Z. Being honest. I ended, um, I went on a blind date once and it was perfectly fine. The guy was perfectly nice, but I wasn't feeling it. And he goes, this was really great. We should do this again. And I said, you know what? I think you're really nice and I would love to hang out with you again, but not in a date way, in a friend way. Yeah. Um, but I wasn't feeling that in a date way. And I stopped talking, and I looked at him, and he... What did he do? He, he sat there quietly for a minute, and then he said, I really appreciate that, because most women just go, yeah, that'd be great, and then don't return my call. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he was like, I really appreciate that. You were like, no, but you're cool. Right. He goes, you were honest. You made me feel like it wasn't about me. I'm just not who you were looking for, and I appreciate that. Wow. So do that say that to people on I mean, dates don't don't yeah. go just be honest sure yeah yeah i totally call you we'll hang out yeah don't do that yeah don't <laughs> do that all right we're gonna take a break amy guth jen bosworth in for patty vasquez we come back we will continue this trail of a conversation yeah. and where it might lead who knows who knows back in just a bit on 720 wgn 720 WGN, Amy Guth and Jen Bosworth in for Patty Vasquez. We've been talking about vulnerability and truth and fear and just saying the thing. I think that would solve like half the problems in the world if people would just say the thing. I mean, it's hard to say the thing, it but is. ultimately... It's so liberating. It's also, yes, it, 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 it takes away the sting of most things, you know, like it, yes. it just becomes smaller. Absolutely. And it's freeing. And think of, I just think people like get so threatened about things and yes. And also ego and, but it is an ad. What is that ad running right now that says, wouldn't it be great if you, if everyone just said what they mean and it's a date and she goes, hi, I made plans later in case this doesn't work Uh out. And he was like, great, I'm I'm going to act vaguely interested and I'm going to send a vague text and keep you guessing and then never call you again. She goes, great. Okay. Bye. I'm like. It's kind of true. Citibank. That's who it is, Michael. You're right. It's kind of true. 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 We have a caller. All right. Hi, Patrick. You're on WGN. How's it going? Super. You guys are awesome. Thanks. Um, First off, uh, I don't know where to go. But so if I was in a restaurant, like you were saying, you you were in a coffee shop and you heard the couple being goofballs, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing you're like in your 30s, right? I'm so, not going to reveal my <laughs> age, but you flatter me with that guess. You're, we're flattered. Uh, so, okay. so, so, but you know that those idiots or pups, as I call them, <laughs> are in their twenties, and and you could have easily been like, you know what? It's, I, and this is what I mean. I do this all the time, and people look at me like I'm crazy. But when I do it, I don't know. I, you know, I walk away. So, and I just drop a bomb, or did I just make a connection? But right, if I right. see something or hear something like that. I'll be like, you know what? I'm just me. And I'm not an ugly guy. I'm a halfway decent looking guy. I think, you know, people are like, okay. I have a lot of people talk to me and want to give me their problems as far as friends. But I just say to them, hey, you know, I'm an older person. I've been where you guys are. 
and basically, you know, I would have told them, I would say, you know, whatever what is happening, what you sounded like was a peeing contest. Um, who could <laughs> right. be, right? Right. Be and, and, right. Least you know what? You guys yeah. sound like to me, you know, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just an observer. Just happening. You guys are overpouring. I heard it. I couldn't ignore it. So you guys sound like you're a perfect couple. Stop trying the competition and talk to each other like you're humans. Because, again, those kids are right. texting. And like you said, you know, doing all this other stuff where, you know, I'm, I'm 48. When I was, when I was six, you know, 14 to 22, I didn't have a phone that I could right. instantly message all my buddies or, you know, do all that goofy crap that they do now. Right. And they, they just need to be, you know, duh, we're human. We don't need right. a phone to talk to each other at a dinner table. For sure. For you sure. Know? And yeah. they do that. But you guys are killing me because – like your the insecurities that you have are normal and they're not stupid insecurities they're smart normal it's it's a a want to live instinct hey yeah. you're on a jet that weighs wow well, i don't know 15 20, pounds and it's sure. flying through air yeah really you know you should be suspect of that it is crazy it works yes but you know it's like electricity we don't yeah. see it but we know it's there yeah there's but there's healthy fears yeah yeah. There's a healthy fear of electricity, correct? Correct. You, you cannot see electricity, but you know you don't stick your knife into the outlet. Absolutely. <laughs> RT, you know. So you guys Indeed. are talking about normal right. things that, yeah, you're seeing a woman living in a place. Yeah, I, I would, uh, I, you know, I, if it was me, I would recommend a lock in the house. But that's just me. Okay. Uh, you know, you can have your security systems, but again. Indeed. When it comes Indeed. down to it, there. If you look on online, there are some really crazy but cool uh, places that you can hide a gun right next okay. to your bed. Okay. All right. <laughs> we can't be talking about guns. <laughs> we can't be talking about that. We're here in Chicago with not so much with the guns. But thank you for the call, Patrick. I appreciate your call. You're welcome. All right. There he goes. And he's <laughs> yeah, gone. He, we got his call. He dropped a little bit. All ago. right. There we okay. go. But right. but I think that's really true. I, I like the conversation you're having because it's always important to really push. You know the fear. I try I to agree. do a year of fear every year. You try to do what? A year, it sounded really weird. A year of fear. Okay. Every year. If you say that three times fast, <laughs> your brain will explode. <laughs> what? What is? And what does that mean? Yeah. You pick a fear to tackle, or you tackle multiple fears. Yeah. So it's all about you know bettering yourself, like you're saying. And my friend and I, uh, in 2016, we we were you know just two dudes who who didn't really know what we wanted to do, but we wanted we wanted to stop going out to the bars. Sure. And, and like and having that scene. So we thought the year of fear. So we decided to do things that frightened us and oh, the, I love the that. scariest thing was you know approaching people and, yeah. and getting in conversation so he we decided to get on get into improv mm, and good. went through that and that was improv is always you know good for that that squashed the fear i love yep. that mm-hmm. i did a um an episode of the saturday night special in which i talked about um rejection for two hours and it was so interesting Ooh. um i had an author harlan cohen on and he has made a career out of out of seeking rejection but to him it's it's what he's really saying is go into a situation very vulnerably mm-hmm. and if you if you preemptively are seeking rejection then you've kind of already eliminated i don't care what you think here's what i think and what i want here's my needs and if you don't meet him okay that's fine yeah you don't need to yeah find somebody else who will yeah i'm not re- you're not responsible for my happiness and vice versa right like we are you you are entitled to your opinion and i'm gonna live my life anyway yeah 
I mean, I'm not going to be a jerk, but I'm also no. not going to. And certainly people can like enhance your happiness. Absolutely. Sorry, jumped on you there. No, that's okay. But Sorry. you're right. Yeah. People can enhance happiness. And yet I don't have to um, make my life's goal to please people. Right. And I'll be okay if they don't like me. I mean, that's a lot of it. It's like if this person doesn't like me, has a problem with me, I would like, you know, if there's someone close to me, I want to know what's going on. But mm -hmm. I think a lot of people have this fear of not being liked. And here's the thing. It's like, it's sort of, we have no control over that. Right. I mean, we can be nice people and people, you could be the nicest person and, and someone may not like you. It, sure. You're not going to die from that. You're not going to die. No. It might hurt. It might it's suck. It's going to hurt. It's going to feel uncomfortable. I mean, I don't yeah. think I'm everyone's cup of tea because I'm a little unffiltered and I'll just blurt things Me out. Too. And people Me are too. Me like, too. People think I'm a crackpot. That's okay. <laughs> I never thought you were a crackpot. Well, you're alone in that. <laughs> <laughs> but nonetheless, I think this kind of stuff is really interesting. And, and I, I really admired, um, I had another author on the show that night too, um, uh, Siobhan Kukulik. And she went out, well, she wrote her book. And she said, I'm going to go find 100 rejections for it. Oh, for the book? Instead of, I got to go find a yes, publisher and yes. making it about that and making it about fear and pain and worrying. She goes, I'm going to go get rejected 100 times. And I was like, why 100? She goes, well, Dr. Seuss got rejected 43 times. So I just thought, more than go that, and that's a good number. Yeah. <laughs> and to, so for then, it made it about, it, it kind of took the angst out of it and made it kind of this yeah. fun pursuit. It's about perception, right? Yes. It, failure is not failure. Failure is just a no and another step closer to a yes. I mean, it really it sounds cheeseball, but yeah. it's true. There is no failure. The only failure is is limiting myself, not getting on the plane because I'm so afraid that I don't take my solo show to New York. That yeah. to me would be a failure. Uh, in that, I'm missing out on stuff. Right. So, indeed, yes. Yes. We have just talked ourselves into the final seconds of this here show. Is what we have done. That's what we have done. But we're going to be back tomorrow, 11 to 2. We'll be back here in we for will. Patty Vasquez. And what are we doing tomorrow? Who are we talking um, to? We're going to talk to, um, uh, we are talking to, oh, we're talking to Kate uh, Kylie. Isn't that, oh, Kelly, I'm sorry. What? Kelly. <laughs> Kate, who? Up Kelly to? Kitley. Oh, it's so late. And I'm telling you, my coffee is gone. Yes, she's going to be talking about her. Kelly Kitley. Her new book. She wrote a book, Myself, uh, an autobiography good. of survival. It is a very good book. I recommend that book. It's very, very good. And so we're going to be talking with her. That and I, I, would, I do want to talk about uh, Silicon Valley a little bit. Mm -hmm. And I want to The talk show or the place? Whatever you like. I have things to say about the place and the culture. There we go. <laughs> like, I want to well. hear it. But I quote the show often. Great. So <laughs> both. <it's> <laughs> well, Amy Guth and Jen Bosworth signing off, but we'll be back here tomorrow at 11. Yep. This is Chicago's very own 720. You know what? We're going to take a break. Oh, first. we're going to take a break first. We're going to take a break and All then we right then. Hold that thought. Okay, I'm holding you. You were thought. nailing it. I was nailing it. <laughs> we're going to take a break. Back in just a bit on 720 WGN.